When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Well, what a weekend of sport we've had, and we've hit Monday, and we spend the first hour reflecting on the glory, mainly of the Black Ferns in the Rugby World Cup for women their semi-final win against France. We also caught up with Melody Robinson, former Black Fern. Uh, caught up with Grant Nisbet, uh, the voice of rugby here on the back of the All Blacks. Uh, pretty impressive performance against the Welsh. Also chatted to Paul Fatuera, a former Kiwi, on the back of them making their semi-final. Big game coming up against Australia. And talking semi-finals, the T20 World Cup were in that one as well. Mark Howard out of Australia on the T20 World Cup. We also had a look back in the day. Uh, we played the vault, a brand new vault today, which is good times. Uh, Talked to Matty White across the ditch, a little bit of cricket, a little bit of rugby league in there as well. And we revisited Show Me The Money, What's Making News, a full, full show. Do enjoy it. Do subscribe. The Afternoons with Staffy. This is the podcast. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz, here to get you through your workday. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Sports fans, Kiwi sports fans, pretty much everything went right, didn't it? Pretty much everything. Oh, couldn't wait to get in today. What a weekend. What a weekend. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that between 12 and 1 with all you fine folk out there. Tell us about your experience over the weekend because I thought it was fantastic. Fantastic. Um, 0800-150-811. That is our... Now, I've been looking forward to hearing from your weekend experiences. It's mainly going to be rugby. It's mainly going to be rugby. Um, but, geez, there was just so much on. The cricket as well. Uh, but just let's share the love with each other. We've put the borax in a number of times, particularly around the rugby this year. And I think it is a little bit of credit where credit's due. Um, 
And there's a few reasons for that, and I want to hear your reasons as well. Also on the show, huge show, massive show, Melody Robinson, former Black Fern, she will join us. Uh, I remember the, was it the Friday before the tournament kicked off, she came and joined us when we were live at Andy's uh, Burgers and Bar. Uh, very excited for it, so have to catch up with her on the eve of the final. Um, she'll be very, very excited. So Melody Robinson on the Black Ferns. Grant Nisbet, who called the Test match against Wales, he's he's been around rugby a long, long time. What did he make of it? Uh, and I want to pick his brain about a few of the positions as well, a few of the players, uh, for example, uh, Geordie Barrett, etc. Um, Mark Howard, Howie, Australia, not in the T20 World Cup semis, but I remember we spoke to him two or three weeks ago, and he picked New Zealand way back then to win it before all of this carnage with these other teams. So. Uh, a refresher with Howie and uh, Paul Fatuera, former Kiwi. Uh, we'll be talking about the Rugby League World Cup and the Kiwis. Is he a little bit concerned? There's a few people a little bit concerned about the form of the Kiwis. Uh, and let's hope they've saved their best till the semi final when we take on Australia soon. We'll also have a quick departure and go across the ditch to Matty White. He's our SEN colleague over there. Um, Probably talk about the Kiwis, uh, probably talk about the cricket. Have to talk about as much as I can when uh, we've done well and the Aussies haven't and a bit of friendly banter. But, nah, look, a good win to Mark Hunt, a good win by the Wellington Phoenix, a nice return home for the Breakers. I know they didn't win, but great to have them back in Auckland. Great to see Tom Abercrombie back on there as well. Fast Five Netball. I mean, there was just so much to talk about. So I want to talk to you and I want you to talk to us and talk to New Zealand on 0800 Just on the rugby results before we... And people are starting to ring, which is fantastic. Um, I was just noting down in the rugby, and it seems so long ago, but the New Zealand 15 beating Ireland A, 47-19. And I guess what that shows is Ireland are the top team in the world. Uh, the All Blacks are number four. But our second string team is much better than their second string team. So... I guess a little look that depth is still one of our absolute strong points. Uh, then we saw Ireland carrying on as they do, beating South Africa in a brutal game of rugby. That was fantastic. I watched that. Of course, the All Blacks getting over the top of Wales, probably their best performance since that game against South Africa. France beat Australia, but again, you know, I, I can't speak highly enough of what Dave Rennie's doing with this Aussie side. I know they lost. But you know, France are the number two team in the world. Aussie were number nine, and they've climbed up to sixth now on the back of that performance. And then Argentina beating England. Eddie Jones getting beaten by Michael Checker. Fantastic. And then the two semi-finals of the Women's Rugby World Cup. Fantastic games. Canada just going down to England, 26-19. And then the absolute heart stopper, the Black Ferns just beating France. 25-24, remembering that France have beaten the Black Ferns the last four times they've played. And of all of those matches, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven matches, I had a clear winner for me, for entertainment, for engagement, for getting my pulse rate up, and it was the Black Ferns game against France. What a spectacle. What a game of rugby. Ball in hand, uh, the skills. And then I, I remember watching the next game I watched after that was the All Blacks and the amount of knock-ons and lost balls and and it was just so stilted. The carnival of rugby that was that Women's World Cup semis day was absolutely fantastic. But really keen to hear from you guys. 0800 150 We've got an hour of madness. Give us a yell. Well, listen, buster. You better start 
to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Righto, let's get into these phone calls. Um, <clears throat> still room for you to give us a yell. 0800 150 Ed from Tolaga Bay. Kia ora, Ed. Hey, nami, you Man, um, I want to talk about... I sat down and I watched the Blackburns game. Wow, because I had a day off my baby's birthday the next day, so I wasn't working. So, oh, yep, I enjoyed that game, man. And um, um, for me, uh, our front row girls... Oh, you know, um, when they take the head up, our black fans have got to get behind them because that French team, bro, they could steal the ball, man. Mm. They were good at it. They were awesome at it. Um, but, uh, that's one thing. I don't know how England are good at that, but um, for our girls, you got to cover them. And that's Sarah Herney. Sarah Herney? <laughs> Boy, is she, man, she's deadly, bro. When you needed someone to get that ball and go forward, boy, she, could, she did it all day, all day. Man alive. She's relentless, eh? Like, hey? Just relentless. Oh, relentless. Bro, she pulled us out of heaps of problems. And um, let's see. Um, who scored our try? Our, our, um, the second five, Fitzpatrick. Theresa Fitzpatrick. So, uh, I'll yep. tell you what. Yeah, I'll tell you what, that Kendra Cossage, when she started quick tap, so you don't see that. You don't see that in all that game. She just got the ball, quick tap, it's gone. And she ran every opportunity she had, man. And that's what, you know. Our black friends just up and carried on. I think um, those boys better start looking at, um, you know, those quick plays like that because, boy, um, this wasn't for old Kruger, man, alive. And who's that girl at the back? Uh, Renee. Renee Holmes. Yeah, she's fantastic, when aren't she put that When she put that chip through and old Ruby girl, Ruby Tui, never stayed by, <laughs> just chasing, chasing. And then there was that quick girl, the French girl, and she just come up behind them and with inches, maybe even like millimetres, man, and put that ball down. Oh, man, that was awesome. That was Boy, amazing. Man, I was on the edge of my seat all the way through that game. I was going, oh, no. <laughs> You're reliving it all now with us, Ed. I'm loving it. The, the passion's still oh. there. Yeah, yeah. What was that? That's a few beers, too. That was, uh, yeah, a couple of nights ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, too much. Well, anyway, that's me, my friend. Cheers, um, brother. Cheers, my brother. All Th- good. Take it easy. Ed, out of Tolaga Bay, we go to Zaid, the life member of Afternoons with Staffy. Zaid, uh, very good afternoon. Good afternoon, Staffy. Black Ferns, great result, but I don't know how the French kicker missed that conversion. I mean, sorry, missed a penalty. She had a chance to ice that game for France, and she sprayed it wide, so I think we got away with one there. Uh, I thought we were done for, but um, great great game. We were down, you know, 17-10 at halftime, and um, got it back. We were up, what was it, 20, we're up to like 22-17 at one stage. Was it even 25-17? Um, so we, we got up by a bit and then they came back and then nearly nearly won 24-25. So yeah, great game. But Mark Hunt, what a guy, Mark Hunt. Everyone was doubting him. Even the TAB was doubting him. I got on four bucks. <laughs> Mark Hunt, fourth round, comes in and says, how is this? How is boxing now, Sonny Boot? And just hammered him. <laughs> Mark Hunt turning back the clocks. What Mark Hunt done does, and that um, 
you know, he's got he's retired now. What a way to go out. You know, one of the best um, heavyweight UFC fighters would just do that every every time he'd have a fight. Would just knock dudes out and walk, walk off knockouts. Um, if you just, like, you bring up his highlight package, that's what it is. Um, you know, he went through a hard upbringing in South Auckland. And, um, yeah, 31 years of um, fighting. He's just a great guy. Um, yeah, and, he, you know, he's got a great documentary. If you haven't checked it out, definitely watch the documentary. But, yeah, that was just... That was one of my other big highlights of the weekend. Um, everyone was writing Mark Hunt off, and then, yeah, he just hammered Sonny Bill Williams. Um, I know Sonny Bill Williams is a great guy as well, but he just um, he, he, he tried to try to try to go with a too good guy, and, um, yeah, he got hammered. Um, and that's what sport is, really, when you verse a better dude that knows how to knock someone out, mm. and he uses his power while you're going, you, your lights are going out. That's why I thought, he, why is he not the favorite with the amount of power he's got, you know? He's one of the most powerful ever um, fighters. Um, and, yeah, um, All Blacks, great result. Aaron Smith, he turned back the clocks. Two good tries. Jordy Barrett played well. Cody Taylor, Dalton Papali, he looked good. The whole team looked pretty good. At um, the end of the game, we started getting on a good roll on. Um, All Blacks, 15's great. And I was at the uh, Breakers yesterday, and even they were playing good, nearly made a comeback down about mm. 18 points in the last quarter and got it back down to two with... Nine seconds to go. The crowd was going off. Um, Thomas Abercrombie was back shooting some threes. Just a great weekend, Staffy. Magnificent. I knew you'd love it. And I knew that you couldn't ring without saying two words, and you said them. And those two words were Dalton Papali'i. So you haven't let me down. (laughs) You haven't let me down. (laughs) Good to hear from you, Zane. Thank you. Cheers, and buddy. See you for the UFC this week sometime. Later. Yes, yes, we'll get in touch with you. We'll get in touch with you. Yeah, we'll get Zaid into studio and preview 281, UFC 281. I promised them a couple of weeks ago, so we'll get him in at some stage this week. Uh, let's go to Craig and Tauranga. G'day, Craig. G'day, Steph. Um, quick question for you before we, we, we recap the weekend. Um, tomorrow, race five, who wins? Have you got it up? Oh, do you want me to get it up? Okay, I'll get it. Can, can you? Yeah. Tell me who wins, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Racing, uh, Jeepers, I want to today, tomorrow, Harness, goodness me, goodness me, bear with me people, race five at 1.52, oh, we're on here, Alibar Junior Free For All Mobile Pace, who wins that, oh, Republican Party. For sure, yeah, you're happy with that? So, the reason, and I hope I don't have to the bag, but Beaver's best. Uh, on Friday, um, it's three out of four leagues, and they've taken Republican Party, and I followed them in, just just shits and giggles. Oh, sorry, um, just, just just because I can. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So so I'm sitting sitting waiting on that that same multi. So um, yeah, three out of four. So Republican Party, you reckon it's. Uh, it's, it's a good chance. It's obviously going his favourite. So, um, yeah, I yeah. think it's clearly the best horse and it'll go to the front. And when if it gets to the front, they won't take it on because it won't relent. So I think it gets to the front and just holds on, just just kicks away. Because I, mean, I was looking at whether there was a cash-out option and thinking about it, but maybe I won't. <laughs> <laughs> how much is the um, multi-pay? <laughs> what, what did it add up to? Not how much did you put oh, on, but what's the what's the difference? Yeah, no, no, it was... Three, three by a dollar eighty-seven and one by two fifty. So um, I don't know what that adds up to. I need my Six phone and I'm on it to have a look at the apps. So. About thirteen dollars, something like that. Two twos yeah, or four twos. Yeah. Mm, something Sorry. like that. Go well, go yep. well. Republican Party, you give me a whole new reason to watch. 
Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll put it on because there might be a few others that have followed Jesus best in as well. I might not be the only one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah. All right, mate. See what some hey, uh, the weekend, yeah, just really quickly. Um, obviously, it was great. I, I was going to mention great except the breakers, but, I mean, they played well, obviously, and it's just a shame. But, you know, Phoenix coming in with their first one of the season. Um, but the rugby, oh, my God. Um, it's not very often I would put a, uh, a 30 point win to the All Blacks is my third favourite game of rugby to watch um, mm. but certainly the girls girls ahead of them so I'm with you the girls game what a game just the ball and play the lack of stoppages um, just, a, just a fantastic game to watch uh, and the New Zealand A game um, kind of just watched it by accident really I, I flipped, flipped it on and uh, in, in the morning on Saturday and saw it was on, so so watched that and and I, that was such an entertaining game as well. So you know three those three games and and like I said, the All Blacks win by thirty and it was my third favourite game to watch. You know, so mm. yeah, um, just just absolutely love watching the girls. Um, and and I know that uh, uh, Kendra Cox had copped a lot of a lot of flack for for the tap and runs, but I actually think that's one of the reasons why their kicker missed the goal is because. <laughs> or the back teams in general just kept putting pressure on, putting pressure on, making them run, making them defend, didn't give them time to catch their breath and comes up you know, comes time to, to kick a goal when she's out of breath, you know. So um I, I was all for those tap and runs. I just thought it was great. Yeah, it was a whole new way of uh, a whole new game came out at the T V at me and I and I absolutely loved it. Just just loved it. Yeah, oh, I mean yeah, like I said, just uh, that that was yeah, a phenomenally good game of rugby and just a lack of, um, you know, just this without having all the stoppages that you normally get in a game of rugby. It's just just great. Just mm. That's how rugby should be played. I'm with you. More of that, please. Yes, please. Awesome, Craig. Thanks for calling, buddy. Okay. One more yes, before mate. we take a break. We'll uh, go to Steve Harris. G'day, Steve. Yeah, kia ora, Staffy. Um, mate, fantastic game of rugby. And, uh, boy, you, didn't, you wouldn't think in the space of not even 24 hours you'd see two out-of-this-world tries as well. That uh, try that the English winger scored and then the try that the Australians scored against France. Just totally out-of-this-world tries. But um, I haven't even seen the all-black game it's in, in its entirety. I don't even bother getting up sort of thing. So I've only really seen highlights of that game, so I won't comment too much on it. But I'll definitely come comment on the women's game. Man, that was just out-of-this-world. It was, was pulsating. It, Probably had a bit of 2011 about it as well, sitting on the edge of your chair. But listen, at the end of the day, if that kick had gone over, there'd be a big Spanish position about the way that they actually played in that last 10 minutes. And uh, whilst the tap and go is good, mate, it really needed some calm heads. They needed to kick to the corner because if this situation arises again, I don't think they might be so lucky with a very good England team. Yeah, I tend to agree that um, we we got away with one there, um, and she's a good goal kicker. But it had got into her head. I think her mind didn't let her kick that ball. Not not herself. It was. I think she was defeated by the situation. And I agree that I think at one stage we were we were a point up with about four minutes to go and got a kickable penalty, and they tapped and went. And I went, oh no. You know what? That was an interesting wind around Auckland on on, uh, on Saturday afternoon. It, it had basically done a complete turn, if you know what I mean, almost to the point where it was sort of swirling around, not coming from your regular direction. Even with that pick, I, I kind of wondered if she even had the, the distance. What she really needed to do was just punch it. 
towards that right hand upright and it would have folded back in, but boy, straight away off the boot you thought, man, this is not going to go over, you know, it's, and, um, and boy, then now we tried to shut it down in those final few seconds, man, that was just, I almost couldn't watch, mate, seriously. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I actually just said, Ricky Spinell was in what in the office about an hour ago, and she was saying her mum was watching it, and she had to leave the house and go out to the out to the oh, shed outside because she just couldn't watch the kick. <laughs> and, and, and I'll tell you what, Ricky, if you're listening, mate, your your um, your call on that game was absolutely brilliant. And in my time listening to her as a commentator, I don't know if I've ever heard her pitch that high before. <laughs> At the end of the game, it was. It was freaking unbelievable. And listen, I I hope the people that have been rewarding this tournament are the ones that get most of these tickets. You know, I've, I've been out to a few of the games, and it is a different sort of audience. And it would really, really bug me if some people that have stayed away all of a sudden decide, hey, I'll just rock up and basically turn up. You know, the ones with season tickets who haven't bothered, if you know what I mean. So I, yeah. I really hope, hope we see a lot of... Uh, families there, but boy, what, what is it going to do for the, the women's game in this country, Steph? It, it's already done it for me, Steve. It's already done it, and I think that they stand on their own now, like for so long. A lot of people have said it's it's like not as good a form of rugby as men's, and they've always compared the men's to the women's, but geez, they were standalone, and you along with me agree that they were the two best games of the weekend, and um, and not nothing to do with the, the, the gender or the sex of who was playing. Um, it was just a damn good couple of games of rugby. Oh, absolutely. Keep, keep, keep you on edge. Uh, awesome, mate. Can't wait to hear some of your other callers. Can't buy, Steve. Thank you, mate. Yes, mate. Ah, Steve, out of Auckland there. Get some more calls. See, this is good. We, What a way to start the week. Uh, celebrating the wonderful events of the weekend. And uh, interestingly enough, we've opened it up to any of your rugby chat. All the calls have been on the Black Ferns, and I think that is fantastic. Didn't tell you what to ring about, and that's what's happened. Um, a reminder, just after between 1 and 1.30, we'll have Melody Robinson on talking about the Black Ferns, which will be great. But give us a yell, 0800 150 811. Take a break. Take your calls after that. Straight back to the phones we go. John out of Christchurch. G'day, John. G'day, Steffi. How are you, Bill? Good, thanks, John. Awesome, mate. Listen, just tell you what, it's a great welcome change to hear everybody ringing up. Happy for a change, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it, eh? I'm loving it. <laughs> Oh, put the smile on your face. Actually, not too much negative stuff. But what a great weekend of sport, you know. Capped off really with the with the women's game. Fantastic. It was a pleasure to watch, actually. So, um, uh, very very happy. Um, one thing that I was just uh, well, a couple of things actually. Um, one thing that I was a bit worried about in the women's game was Ginger. As well as she uh, was playing, she seemed to leave the ball sitting at the base of the rucks for a long time, and she seemed to be too far away from the ball a couple of times. And I'm thinking, God damn. How often is one of those um, French girls going to walk around and grab it? But thankfully, it didn't seem to happen for some reason. But um, the other thing, mate, I don't know if you know this yourself, um, in the All Black game, in the aggressive nature near the end there, not long before Geordie scored his try, that Bodie popped up to him, the way he grabbed old Tokiaho and gave him that shove. Yep. Did, did you notice that? I did notice that. I did. And it was actually, uh, my wife and I were sitting there watching it, and I actually rewound it and said, watch the aggressive nature in the way that he did that. And I've got to say, it's a bit of a worry. <laughs> well, I, I rewound it three times, and 
I actually, when I first saw it, I thought, you muppet. But then I watched it and there was three or four forwards all in a group standing directly behind the ruck when they were going left and right and hitting up and hitting up. And I actually think he was within his rights to do it. And he's like, get out of here. And I think it was because Samasoni was the closest. He got the shove and it worked. <laughs> they, they all went right and it opened the ga- gap on the left. So it actually worked. I don't think there was any malice in it, but um, he, was ju- he was just keeping them on task, I feel. Yeah, I guess you're probably right there. And as you say, he was probably wrong place, wrong time. But uh, yeah, just, just, God damn, that's a little bit aggressive, just the way he did it. But no, you probably did right when you start that way. But from all the Kiwi teams and then say the league boys put a polished performance in coming up, eh? Yeah. Oh, geez. Fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed. Uh, Awesome weekend, John. Thanks for calling in. Always love chatting to you. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, bud. There's John out of Christchurch. We go over to Darren in Melbourne. G'day, Darren. Hey, Steffi, how are you? Good, Darren. How was your weekend? Oh, mate, mate. I was just wondering if you could if you could try and work out why all of my uh, Australian mates that follow cricket have been a bit, bit quiet at the moment. Haven't really been uh, texting me or sledging. Or this, this, I'm just getting nothing. I don't know why, you know? <laughs> you know why, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. It's pretty rare I can say that. Yeah, no, lap it up. A, a Kiwi and Aussie is you're at the right time. I pulled out. I pulled out the old brown, the the, the two tone brown cricket shirt. I was wearing that round yesterday. Oh, so, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Just thought, you know, it's time. But uh, <laughs> I um I, I sat down yesterday and uh, put on the women's uh, the Black Ferns game. I tell you what, I got goosebumps during that game. That was absolutely amazing. Mm. Um. Definitely the game of the weekend for me. And for me, that um, number 13, is it Flula? Stacey Flula, yep. Oh, my God. She is amazing. Like, yeah. She reads the game so well. Yeah, and the amazing thing is she hasn't played much 15s in the last five or so years. She's one of the linchpins in our seven side. And, and when you think about her and Portia Woodman and Sarah Hidden, um, uh have all come into this side, they're three of our best. Yeah. I'll tell you what, the thing I love the most, and I, I watched the All Blacks after that, and I watched Ireland, South Africa after that. When the girls, or I should say ladies, score a try, mate, you can't wipe the smile off their face. Yeah. When the guys score a try, it's like, I don't know, it's like they're depressed or something. Like, <laughs> they're high-fiving, but they don't smile at all. It's sort of, too staunch, know. too staunch. Yeah, I think they're just too in the zone or anything, but it was it was really refreshing. And at the end there, like I thought, when that girl, poor number 10 for France, you know, he sort of teed up the kick, I thought, oh, here we go. Mm. <laughs> but um, no, no, it was, uh, it was, it was yeah, it was a great game of rugby. Yeah. If, they, if, if you use that game to advertise the World Cup, everyone will watch it. Bang on, bang on, Darren. I'm pleased you enjoyed it, buddy. Thanks for ringing in, mate. We've got to scoot to news. Thanks, mate. Cheers, bud. Darren, living the life over there in Aussie as a Kiwi. Let's take new sport and weather with Johnny Mac. Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Welcoming your calls. And isn't it good? As one caller said earlier in the in the show, it's so good hearing people up just calling up and enjoying the weekend of sport. We've had uh, and we've had cause to be critical over the last few months, but geez, didn't it turn it on its head? So 
give us a yell and tell us where you were watching and how your family and your friends reacted and your kids reacted to um, well it's the Black Ferns that's taken the cake so far which is just fantastic and a reminder at, at about 1.15 we'll catch up with uh, Melody Robinson former Black Fern. she must be so excited she would have been there she would have been there with her mates and um, I think I don't know if she hosts lounges and stuff, but I know a lot of the former Black Ferns are sitting there and just regaling in the glory of the wonderful game. And gosh, it's come on in leaps and bounds. Massively so. Massively so. A couple of text messages as you can call in. Do call 0800 150 811, where you watched, what your highlights were. Um, uh, Where was this one? Staffy, the Fast Five. Netball was also great. Very exciting from Tom. It was fantastic. Jeez, didn't the crowd get into that down there in Christchurch? Um, was cool. Very cool. Um, Staffy, I think it's pretty obvious the Northern Hemisphere teams are rusty. First international game of their season. That's, that's the teams up north like Ireland, Wales, France uh, and England. Um, Ireland beating South Africa. I watched that one. Um, it was great. In fact, I think I watched all of them. Did I? I didn't watch England, Argentina. Didn't watch that one. Uh, but Argentina getting a win at Twickenham. What? I had a message from a uh, very good friend of mine. He's been living in the UK for 20 plus years and he's actually a debenture holder at Twickenham. And he, he goes to all the England home games hoping they'll lose, but he doesn't tell all the people he sits there. And he messaged me this I just went, Argies. And he wrote back and he said, I've never heard Twickenham so quiet. I loved it. <laughs> but he'll be there cheering on the All Blacks. He'll be very noisy for that one. Um, but yeah, France just getting over the top of the Aussies. That was a that was an unreal game. I, I just continually think Aussie um, with zero depth, a number of injuries, um, just playing so well um, against this, this French unit. In France again, and they just about got the winning of that one, Australia. I thought they were fantastic. As I mentioned, Ireland over the top of South Africa. Uh, All Blacks, 55 points. The only thing, if I had a concern, if I had a concern in the All Blacks game, it's the 23 points that Wales scored. Um, Few too many, this Welsh side, and they had a few last-minute exclusions and injuries as well, forcing Gareth Anscombe uh, into play in a position that probably wasn't his ideal. Um, some text messages, but do call. I don't want to talk all the time for the rest of this half hour. 0800 Stacey Flula is quickly becoming my favourite rugby player, not just a woman's player, but favourite rugby player full stop. She has so much time and ability. Cheers from Chris. Yeah, she's wonderful. She is just wonderful. Uh, the Eden Park hoodoo climbed out of his box and jinxed that penalty just in the nick of time on Saturday night. I felt bad for the French girl for about five seconds. <laughs> Memories of the 2011 men's final, the stress, the pulling out of the hair, and the yelling that freaked the dogs out was alive and well. Even fireworks fell silent. That's from Kimberly. And, uh, of course, Rory. Um, Rory actually says, I feel sorry for the French goal kicker in the women's rugby. She might have a headache after that. She might need a Paris... See them all. Rory, but boom, not bad, not bad. Uh, <laughs> there it is, Jonathan Thurston and all of us. Good on you, Rory. Graham, what a rapper. Good afternoon, Graham. How are you, mate? From Wainui, Matra. Oh, Wainui, beautiful <laughs> suburb. Yes, it's moving over here too, mate. Good. Yeah. 
Yeah, what a weekend. I uh, planned to do quite a bit in the garden. All I did was got the bloody lawns mown. That was it. Because <laughs> 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 of the rugby, etc. That's a lawn mowing more than I got done this weekend, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but those girls were amazing. But we were bloody lucky she missed that last kick. Yes. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. And we're in there. And uh, they were ecstatic. And that was just <laughs> me from my wife. She doesn't get too wound up, but um, they look both screaming at each other. It was fantastic. And um, I think um, our weakest possibility over the next three um, encounters is probably the, uh, the, the, um, the league boys. Surely Australia might be a bit, bit too much for us there, but I reckon we've got a chance. Um, and the women's rugby, um, the cricket, and um, what else is there? There is... Um, Kiwi League. Oh, no, no, the, um, the All Blacks. The All Blacks should... Uh, should should take out um, Scotland quite comfortably because that new that new um, loose forward trio just goes to show we don't need Captain Kane. They were good that that loose forward trio, weren't they? They were really good. Yeah, they were good, mate. And, it, and I think it just highlights we don't need him. You know, we're not desperate. Um, and um, yeah, I'm sorry to say, someone said this morning it might be his last game. I doubt that he will be because he'll see at the tour. But um, Next year might might be uh, might be a bit of a different year for uh, for Captain Kane. Mm, yeah, it'd be interesting, interesting. Um, but guys, coming to the fore, which is which is good news, Graham. Uh, enjoy Wainui, buddy. Yep. All those well. See you, mate. Cheers, buddy. Uh, one more before the break. Keith from Manawatu. G'day, Keith. Hey, Steph, how are you? Good, thanks, Keith. Good, good, good. I just want to give a bit of story about the women's game. We flicked over onto Prime because it's free to air. I didn't even know that until by chance. And my wife, who's a dedicated, probably rugby hater as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> now, loves, now loves the game and wants to go see the woman play at some stage. Fantastic. She said to me, oh, where are you taking us? I said, well, we've been to All Black Games. She said, oh, but this is so different. It is. It actually is. Yeah. It's the same game, but it's but it's different. Yeah, she really rap with it, so it looks like this week we'll get to see the final, which will be good. <laughs> yeah, she. That, I tell you what, mate, you're going to have to make the cheese on toast, and you're going to have to be the chef for her. I'll just get out the Pinot Gris, and we'll be sweet. Happy days. That's how you do it. <laughs> Happy days. Yeah. But I feel sorry for the poor French girl, but we did miss a couple of conversions as well, so it swings around about. Yeah, it is. It is, yeah, but yeah. I do I do feel for her. Uh, I do. Yeah, it was a lot of pressure on her, and, um, yeah, yeah, never mind. It's not one person can't win the game. It's a team game, so, yeah. Brilliant. Awesome, well, Keith. You have a good week. You too, mate. You too. Keith, out of Manawatu. <sighs> Lots of text messages coming in, which I will get to, but there's still time to give us a call. 0800 150 811. I'm loving the feedback on how much you and your loved ones are enjoying the Black Ferns. We'll take more calls after this. Someone texted in saying the only disappointing result from the weekend was the men's sevens, which sort of went under the radar a little bit because there was so much of the, well, so much else on. Um, and, of course, Hong Kong is the premier tournament on the sevens circuit. Counts for double points as well. In New Zealand, I'm pretty sure in saying the first time they haven't made the top eight. Uh, they lost to Samoa 24-0 in pool play and also lost to Australia in pool play 24-17. And they beat Hong Kong 38-14. I watched a heap of the sevens, actually. I do enjoy watching it as a bit of a betting proposition, just quietly. Um, so, yeah, just the one win in pool play against Hong Kong. Um, 
so they went into the bottom of the draw. And they had three wins there, but it was uh, Kenya, Spain, and then they won the final, if there is such a thing, playing off for ninth and tenth against Canada. Um, Australia taking out the tournament. And Fiji had won the previous five Hong Kong sevens. And Australia scored a try in the corner with time up on the clock. It was fantastic. Um, fantastic finish for Australia, who... Went to Golden Point in their semi-final when they were out on their feet. Had two minutes with uh, five players against the French seven players. And I thought there's no way they're going to win Golden Point, but they managed to do that. Um, so it was fantastic. Had a fair few text messages about uh, Sean Stevenson, actually. Uh, Sean from Cray, uh, from Greg, sorry. Staff, Sean Stevenson for the All Blacks ASAP, please. And then the next one, Stevenson to the NRL. And the next one. I think it's time we choose Stevenson for the All Blacks. He reminds me of Izzy. Solid under the high ball and is just so elusive and so good in big games. Also a very sound defender. Good win by the All Blacks. Question is, why does Sam Whitelock play much better when he's captain? It'd be nice if he were like Artie. Play fantastic with or without the captaincy. That's a really interesting point that I hadn't thought of, but he always plays well as captain, doesn't he? That extra responsibility seems to sit on his shoulders well. He wears it with a cloak of pride and and goes good. I actually feel like I feel like he plays better when he's with Scott Barrett than what he does than when he's with Brody Retallick. And is that because he's got more assumed responsibility? I don't know. But yeah, he was fantastic. Uh really fantastic. Um a long one here from Jared. Uh, concern would be not putting the foot on the throat when 70 nil up. Good discipline performance. Artie was absolutely out of this world. We don't need a fetching seven when Artie is a hybrid loose forward doing everything. Dalton was great too. Solid in defence, good with ball in hand. Great to see Cody getting his confidence back as we need a reliable one-two hooker punch. Back three, couldn't get in the game. Love Geordie at 12 as he really bends the opposition's defence line back and puts us on the front foot. Wouldn't mind seeing Anton Leonard-Brown get a start at 13 with Rico left wing for Scotland test, Jared. Jared? I agree with everything. I was trying to find one I didn't agree with. <laughs> I love Geordie at 12 too, but geez, does that create... Oh, creates a lot of things, uh, seeing how well he went. Um, All Black Sevens missed out in Hong Kong, Michael. Yes, they did. Touched on that. Um, I talked about how our B team looks a lot better than the number one team in the world in Ireland with the two B teams playing each other. Uh, and Tech said in some ways it doesn't matter how good your B rugby team is, it's how good your top 15 players are. And teams like Ireland's top 15 play bloody good. They do. I'll tell you who'd have the worst B team of the top teams would probably be B Australia. Um, when they get their team fully fit back on, they're going to be good next year. Argentina are going to be good. France, us, South Africa, Ireland. Is this the most open rugby men's World Cup a year out that you can remember? I think it is for me. I really do think it is me. Um, who could win it? Who could win it? Ireland? Yes. France? Yes. All Blacks? Yes. South Africa? They love World Cups. And they love to play. Uh... Is that probably it? Oh, England have too much improving to do. Aussie with their full team back, could, if there was ever going to be an upset in the World Cup, possibly them. Anyway, we'll have a break. A few more texts. Uh, we can squeeze in one more call if you want before the news. 0800 150 811. Back in a moment. 
fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. All the afternoon delight you'll ever need. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Very soon uh, we're going to be talking to Melody Robinson, but first we'll talk to Simon. G'day, Simon. Hey, Staffy. Uh, bloody great weekend, wasn't it? Fantastic. Hey, um, someone that uh, I've been watching throughout the World Cup and probably impressed me the most, and, and it's, yeah, I don't know, our co-captain, that first five, Ruhay's a man's man. Same. You watch, mate, she has been outstanding. Yeah, I, I'm going to put I, I think, it. I'm going to put it to Melody. I think she's our best. I, I, I do too, man. Just watching, and I didn't really know a lot about her before the start. But there was a game or two ago where they made a break down the sideline, and she would have put a pass, a, probably a 20 meter pass, mm. on the chest of the winger. And I just thought, man, that's class. But yeah, it just seems very calm, very confident, and. She knows she's got some tools around her that she can use as well, and she uses them extremely well. So, for me, uh, yeah, she she's been a, a standout for me. And uh, after Tuesday, um, I'm glad that Rocking Horse uh, ran down the straight the best on Saturday, and um, I, I recouped a few losses. Good boy, good boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to pick Rocking Horse, but uh, the Levante was there in Nature Strip, and Adam, um, yeah, I sort of thought, mate. No, had uh, Saddlecloth at 11 when it won down there last time, down the straight. Uh, but I'll go again. And, yeah, sure enough, she came in. So. Well done, Simon. Well done, buddy. Yep. Thanks for calling in. Simon out of Hamilton. We'll go to New Sport and Weather with Johnny Mack. Coming up soon, Melody Robinson on the back of this wonderful Black Fern semi-final win. They're in the World Cup final. Let's go. on one o'clock soon we'll be catching up with Melody Robinson uh, talking about the Black Ferns if you want to hear another point of view on the All Blacks Welsh game uh, go onto our podcast podcast app Izzy and Kimby for Breakfast had a Welsh journalist on her name was Lauren Jenkins and it was a really good insight into rugby over in Wales and the disconnect between clubs and country uh, I found it fascinating so go back and have a listen to the breakfast uh, the breakfast crew um, when they caught up with her, it was um, well, I found it really interesting and um, stuff that I just didn't I didn't realise we uh, how tough it is over there. It's it's pretty tough for them over there. Um, and also, uh, while you're on the app, have a look at uh, mornings with Ian Smith, Jacob Spoonley, former All Whites goalkeeper. He was on with Ricardo, who's sitting in for Smithy while he's away at the T20 World Cup. Jacob Spoonley talked about Phoenix's wonderful win against Macarthur at home as well. Uh, lots of good stuff that you can uh, get your teeth into on the uh, SENZ app.
Uh, some text messages that have come in in the first hour from Gig. Game of the week was the girls for sure. I was asleep for the men's game, and even I fell for Artie's dummy. <laughs> He's been asked about his dummy, and it's when he watch, watches it back, he thinks, gosh, it looks silly, but in the moment, you haven't got time to plan a perfectly looking dummy, but it worked, eh? It actually did work. Uh, Mark says, hey, Staffy, I was wrong about the All Blacks. How about Spankham in the New Zealand Cup tomorrow? Spankham? I think it's... I think Spankham's good for um, a place, but I'm a little bit... Um, I'm just trying to find it. Here it is. I'm a little bit biased because we took Rock and Roll Do a long time ago at 21s. It's now five. So that's the one I'll be cheering for. Spankham from five. Good gates. I just don't know if it's got the class of the likes of copy that rock and roll do Akuta even three although four in old money Akuta uh, self-assured off the one is going to be really tough nothing against Spankham but geez it's got some good horses up against it um, place for me Mark Spankham tomorrow just a reminder tomorrow we've got a fantastic day for you lined up breakfast and mornings will run as per usual but I'm going to join the good oil team from 12 till 6 tomorrow Woo, 12 till 6 Louis Herman Watt Mick Guerin hosting out of Addington and they will have the sights the sounds and if they could the smells of Cup Day at Addington. I have been to a couple. It is fantastic. So they'll be down there getting lots of colour, getting lots of interviews, that sort of thing. And Mark Clayton and myself, we're going to be running what we're going to call the lab up here in studio. Uh, Punters Club um, will be will be running, which I'll tell you more about as the day goes on. But just to give you a little bit of a heads up, uh, the Punters Club is called the Quaddy Crush. The Quaddy Crush. And we're building a Quaddy Pool to attack New Zealand's best racing. Uh, week in and week out, uh, the good oil team and you can be involved. Um, we want $50,000 in the kick to get us underway. So SNZ's put 10 grand in. The TAB have put 10 grand in. So there's 20 grand already, and we want 50 grand. So 300 punters can chip in 100 bucks each. That'll get us to 50. But the thing is, so you put 100 bucks in, straight away your share is 166 because whatever it wins, the TAB and the SENZ won't take their shares out. It goes to the punters. So $100 in. If you want to hear more about it, SENZ slash win for more details. You go and find that and uh, away you go. And some of the best tipsters, not me, some of the best tipsters will, will get you involved. More text messages. Uh, Staffy, the disappointment of the weekend had to be the men's sevens not even getting out of their pool. Uh, the rest of the weekend was great. That's from Carl. Uh, I agree, it was very disappointing. Um, one from Jeremy. Hey, staff, what a weekend of sport. Williamson on Friday night came through with a better run rate. He sure did. He absolutely did, and I was stoked for him. And I was stoked for New Zealand. Uh, I thought Sri Lanka were going to kick England out uh, for the Aussies. They gave it their best go, didn't they? Uh, but if you listen to the news, they might have been concentrating on off-field rather than on-field. Young men. Uh, Pakistan getting in there instead of the Proteas was a shock. Yep. How good was it to see the All Blacks forwards do the work? Patient with the ball, scoring off multi-phase forward play. The fast five was great to watch. Got the third place in the end, and the breakers are humming at the moment, building nicely. Cheers, Jeremy. Yep. 
beautifully encapsulated Jeremy. Mark's also on uh, Beaver's Best. Let's go. So you, you've all got um, you've all got a Republican Party in the last leg of Beaver's Best. So what did he say? It was three three lots of uh, three lots of one eighty seven. I think Craig said because Craig's on it as well. Let me just get my calculator out. Three lots of one eighty seven times one eighty seven times one eighty seven and Republican Party's two fifty. Sixteen thirty. Sixteen thirty. So if you got ten on that, hundred sixty three. You got a hundred on it, sixteen hundred. What does Beaver put on? Fifty. Oh, go the Beavers best team. Go the Beavers best team. Jeez. Good luck. Anyone that got on that one. Um Another one saying they love Stacey Flula. She's awesome. Uh, Pony. Pony, I'm going to have a look at that shortly. Your question soon. Staffy, I watched every game over the weekend and even even the Kiwis who were a bit disappointing though, but good luck to them. And Papa Lee must stay at seven. Not sure about Frizzell. I'd rather see Akira there. And Artie was just awesome. Frizzell or Akira? I think if Shannon Frizzell plays out of his skin and Akira Ioane plays out of his skin, Akira's the one. But he just doesn't do it often enough. He does go missing a bit. And I think Frizzell's a little bit more um, consistent in performance, whereas Akira is. I just wish Akira would be because he's got everything. He's got size. He's got strength. He's got force. He's got ball-playing skills. He's got, he's got all of that. Um, I, I hear what you're saying, Ken. I would like to see him have a go, but geez, he's had a lot of goes over the last two or three seasons and just hasn't cemented it. You can't say he hasn't had opportunities. Um, I see Australia finally brought Will Skelton back in. He instantly makes them back. He was great when he... He is such a big human, Will Skelton, when they put him on. Uh, Zaid here, what about the Netherlands knocking out South Africa on the Cricket World Cup? New Zealand plays Pakistan on Wednesday night. They do, and we have all of the commentary here. All of the commentary here on SENZ. Daniel McCarty, um, New Zealand, Pakistan, Wednesday night. India, England, Thursday night. Two great reasons to listen. First ball, 9 o'clock for both of those matches. Right, break. Because after this, Mallory Robinson, former Blackfern, must be so happy, so proud. We'll catch up with her on the back of the Blackferns making the Rugby World Cup final. And off the boot of Brings down the ball straight away. Seven out of ten for the entire tournament. And Joanne strikes first for France in the semi-final. It's France three, New Zealand nil. Mordon for Menachet once more. Driving down and Roman Menachet scores for France. The opening try in the semi-final goes to the French number eight. Feed the scrum five metres out. In fact, they'll get the free kick and away they go. And off they go to the left. And that big wide ball for Flula. Flula in the corner. The smiling assassin strikes. Bordon for Vignier. They won't stop Gabriel Vignier. They're close to the line, though. And France strike back. This time New Zealand will clear away from that breakdown ball. Out the back for Demand. Holmes into the line. The Kiwi fullback again goes hard into the ground for Tui and Flula to chase. Tui bearing down on Boulard. Oh, there's a juggle, and Tui's in for New Zealand. She stayed in the fight, they're going to check, but looks as if Ruby Tui may have scored. New Zealand 
Fitzpatrick on the angle. Fitzpatrick crashes over. And Theresa Fitzpatrick put New Zealand in front for the first time. This is going to be a penalty for France in a very kickable position with a minute to play and a point in it. Caroline Girard, she's pushed it wide. And now with just seconds remaining, Kennedy Simon, she needs some support from her teammates. Time now to talk about the best game of rugby I thought. Um, I've seen in a long, long time. The, the tension, the drama, that last 30 minutes. Oh, I just couldn't handle it. I, I'm wondering how next guest Melody Robinson, former Black Fern, handled it. Mel, what a match of rugby. Yeah, we think it is the best uh, women's rugby match we've ever seen played, uh, particularly World Cup level, no doubt about that. It was ridiculous. I was sitting there with uh, a lot of the former Black Ferns uh, upstairs and you know, just absolutely entranced by every second of it because the tackles, we were up right upstairs and you could still hear the force of a lot of the defence, which was just crazy. Um, and then, you know, that last moment when when France got the penalty, we all looked at each other like, oh, this is just the worst thing ever. And then the crowd booed very loudly and uh, Caroline Duran, unfortunately, the pressure got to her. She absolutely... I mean, I don't know. She probably is not going to live that one down for quite some time. So I feel for her. But wow, what a game! I, I, the, the thing that got me was, I don't normally get tired just watching rugby, but at the end of that, I was just so drained. And it was like the players from both sides it was life depend on you type of rugby for for a full half hour. It was just run and gun and relentless. Look, uh, we had a stats presentation on Friday at Rugby World Cup Limited meeting from um, Nigel, who is the lead to um, competitions, Nigel Cass for World Rugby. And on average, the ball in play is around about the same as the Men's World Cup, but there are other stats underneath that which show that it's a different product. So ruck speed, um, um, pushing the ball in offloads, um, line breaks and tackle breaks. So what, what the women's game is also doing is they make decisions that you don't in traditional men's rugby, which is around the quick tap and not taking the options at kicking at goal. And you saw that from Kendra Coxedge. I mean, you know, some of those quick taps she took, we were like, slow it down. You can actually kick for, you know, the line out and stuff, but they didn't. They just accelerated the game. France played exactly the same way. It was, it was awesome to watch. They've got great attacks as well, but actually it was the best attack against the best defence in the competition, those two matching up against each other and just produce the best bet call of rugby of the weekend. I want to pick on some players. I want to I want to pull some out. And I finished that game and I thought the Black Ferns don't win that without their skipper. Ruhe Demant was unreal. Yeah, she's just stepped up beyond anything under Wayne Smith and Graham Henry's tutelage. It's like she's suddenly been able to play a game where she's using that big brain of hers. She's a lawyer in real life. She assesses things extremely quickly and she makes very good decisions. 
She's also really good at running with the ball and attacking the line hard. She does that more often the majority of first fives uh, in the women's competition. Um, and she does it because she knows that her whole team is invested in playing a game where they're hitting the line and looking for the offloads for those half gaps. So you're right, she had a great game. She's also got a good kicking game um, mm. as well. So she is an all-round player. Awesome. Oh, now this next one, Maya Kawanakolani Roos, uh, this mm-hmm. this young woman, this physical presence, uh, and looks like a great rooster off the field as well. What a dominant performance from her in that pack! It's ridiculous how good this athlete has got. She only debuted for the Black Ferns at the end of last year, um, and her athleticism is there for everybody to see. She just keeps going and going at the same pace the entire time. Her stack are unbelievable if you look at, you know, her hitting rucks in the first three offensively and defensively, how she makes all of those tackles and she's hitting all up as well. She's ridiculously good and looks to me like she's got quite a calm, level head on her as well. So um, definitely has to be in contention for breakout player of the year because she's been unbelievable. Locks, you don't usually, you know, notice them, but this one, wow, what an impact she's made. Yeah. On on the other side, Portia Woodman, unutilised, pretty much unseen apart from a couple of kick returns. Was that effective French defence not letting the ball get to her? Or was there, I felt like the Black Ferns underutilised, you know, a real strike weapon. Yeah, I think what the Black Ferns showed uh, was that they were trying to take them on in the pack. They were looking to earn the right to go wide. Um the issue here is that this is the best defensive team in the competition and, you know, particularly um, Escudero uh, making a heck load of tackles and fouls. So those who have now moved into second and third of most tackles made in this competition and that's off the back of a team that's actually won games over uh, this competition. So it just shows you how much of a work rate they have and then their midfield uh, combination in there. Um, Vernier, second five eight had one of the best games um, around. She was absolutely outrageous on attack and D. So yeah, I think I think the Black Ferns trying to take them on. Uh, they did okay to get parity in most of the occasions, but that French four pack definitely um, was too strong for them to try and set up the next lot of phases, which meant they'd get the ball to Porsche. So really interesting. Um, but we'll probably see something else this weekend, Staffy, because. In that English-Canadian game, if you looked at how England set up their defence, they had a really uh, shallow defence and there was quite a bit of space out wide. And so there could be the argument to say that you should release the ball right to the edge of the field quite early in this match against England in the final just to test that defence out there because they, they definitely were not spread out across the field like France were. And France on attack, their attacking is one off, two off, cut back, one off, two off, don't really utilise their back line. And that's a similar type system that England run, but England are probably just a little bit better at it again than France. Do we have the wherewithal to stop that direct nature of England? Well, that's just going to be up to the forwards. They're going to have to um, push up, fan out, push up together on D and really physically smash people. And I think we actually have seen that. We've seen them do that against Wales. We've seen them do that against France in this one. A couple of the times, um, you know, people like Georgia Ponce will have a look at some of her missed tackles and go, right, I've got to sort that out and, you know, get my defensive systems more aggressive this, this final. Um, but it's going to be 100% on that pack. So they're going to have to lift 
because it will be all of those big forwards from England. We know what their pattern is. We know that they're going to hit it up in those one-offs, so they're just going to have to match up. I said last week that there's no doubt that the Black Ferns have improved since that nightmare Northern Hemisphere tour last week, uh, last year, I should say. And if they were at, I don't know, 40, 50% of potential 12 months ago, um, have we had long enough th- for them to reach 100? Even though that was an amazing performance and a gutsy win in the weekend, I still feel like they're only probably 80%. Uh, another step in improvement will be 90%. I just feel like we needed maybe two more games to, to, to really have the full confidence to take on England. Where do you think they are at on potential? Well, they beat France, who beat them in the last four test matches. I think that France was probably the bigger, bigger bogey team out of them and England. Um, so I think that the confidence that they'll get from that match doesn't matter if they won it through a missed kick at the end they still won um, so I think they'll be feeling very confident and really good the key with them will just be about nerves because there's quite a few young girls in that team you know they don't have a lot of test match experience however if they're able to get their brains into the game where they're absolutely smashing everybody on D um, that will give them again another step up as soon as you physically dominate somebody in a tackle you're on, you're on. And plus, it's a final. So I just, I think they're going to put everything out there. They're going to enjoy themselves. Um, and I think at the end of the day, if they play their best game they can, it wouldn't matter if they won or lose, if they played the best game. So um, I'm confident that they're going to do really well against England. And actually, I think England's form has been a bit hot and cold in the last two test matches. So let's just wait and see. If, if Canada can put pressure on England, then absolutely New Zealand can. Mm. Talking to Melody Robinson. Mel, I thought also after that game, like I've, I've long thought, well, I'm tired of people comparing the men's game and the women's game. Now, they're both games of rugby, but they both played very, very differently. I, feel, mm-hmm. I, I really hope and I feel I've separated the two for a long time. There's men's rugby and women's rugby. And... Um, you know, women don't kick it as far, so the the kicking is less. You don't see those battles for territory with the sixty meter kicks that we see in the men's game. They just tuck and run, and and I love that. Is it time to, and and I hope the rest of the public can just say that's women's rugby and that's men's rugby. Let's not count the people in the stands. Let's not count how big and fast they all are. They stand apart. Mm. Well, you will see the kicking game of sixty seventy meters this weekend with Emily Scarrett because she's got the biggest boot in the game and. Play a traditional style of rugby, which is more akin to how um, you would see the English men play uh, in a tight competition. So, so actually, for the traditionalists, they're going to get what they want from the English team. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it is. It's going to be that. Um, they're that good at all of their basics, England. Uh, and at the same time, you'll probably see one of the biggest counter-attacking um, uh, kick receipt um, replies from New Zealand. So you're going to get a bit of everything on Saturday night. Hey, that's why the tickets were sold out by the next morning, right? Mm. So isn't it great? Sell out, sell out mm. at Eden Park for a Women's Rugby World Cup final. This is just awesome to see. Right, I'm going to make you a bookmaker for 30 seconds. Who's the favourite mm-hmm. Who's the favorite for the final? If, you, if it was your hard-earned cash going on and, and you remove all of the emotion, who's in the best position to win this Test match, win this well, World you've, Cup? You've got to say England because of their successive win rate, their... Cap experience. I've got so many international caps um, in that in that team, and you know all the tools that you need to win a World Cup. One of them is experience under pressure, 
Um, they've also got very balanced team. They've got world-class players. Uh, Helen Rowland, if she gets selected at fullback again, she showed, well, she's got an amazing running game, uh, kick return as well. So it has to be England, but it should be a very tight margin. Awesome, Mel. I know you'll be frothing it all of this week. Um, the whole of the country is going to get right behind it. And we've turned some stars, uh, we've turned some players into stars, and they've richly deserved it. The hard work's really evident. It was in the semi final, and um, can't wait for the World Cup final, Mel. Uh, enjoy your week. Will do. Thank you. Jeepers, Blue Highway, it's 100 kilometres an hour speed limit and Paul Mawadi drives even faster than that because it is action-packed at the Ivory Towers in Petoni at the moment. Paul Mawadi, oval ball, cricket ball, oh, squash ball and a ball of racing as well. How, how, do you, how are you keeping up? Yeah, well, that's a very good question, Steph. Um, as you just mentioned, there's just so much going on at the moment. Um, and that you know doesn't even take into account your usual NBA uh, daily feast. Um, the NFL's on today. We've got a bonus back promotion on the uh, late game today between who is it? The uh, Titans and the uh, um, Chiefs, I think it is. Yeah. Um, so check that out on the website. But as you say, the Black Ferns. We've got their odds up for the big final. Oh, what the are weekend. they? What are they? Right, right. Are you going to you going to stick your teeth in here? Um, I haven't looked it up. Haven't. I'm going to guess. Can I have a guess? Oh, I was going to say five oh. point favourites England. That's what I was going to say. Well, uh, that's about where they are. They're four and a half point favourites at the moment. Mm. I think they opened up at five and a half. Um, we took a bit of money on uh, the Black Food, so that's just been just been crunched in a point uh, since opening. Kiwi League, Kiwi League against the Aussies. Yeah, okay. $4.10, does that entice you? That's what the Kiwis are paying to beat the uh, Kangaroos in that semi-final. Australia, $1.21. So they're 12 and a half point underdogs, the Kiwis, against the Australians. If we get it all together, we can beat them. So maybe I, I might go 12 and a half. Um, as long as it isn't all used up in the first 10 minutes like it was last time. Um, just a shocker. Uh, T20 World Cup. Look, we've just got so many to cover. Uh, <laughs> New Zealand, Pakistan. I'd imagine we're favourites, but I'm worried about the Pakistanis. Yeah, well, they've done this to us before. Yes. Uh, you may remember the young guns. Inzamam. Uh, um, <laughs> um, and was it Martin Crowe pulled a hammy or something yes. in that uh, match? And was it Wright, who took over the captaincy, sort of, yeah, just things didn't go where we look like world beaters for the t- entire tournament. The, the only game we lost in the regular, uh, the round robin, was against Pakistan, which may, meant that they got into the uh, semi-finals and they, they undid us. Well, they're $1.95 Pakistan, uh, Black Caps $1.78, and that's exactly the same uh, odds that you'll get for the England India semi-final. India $1.78, England $1.95. So two very tight semi-finals. We've got time for one more before we head across uh, the ditch to talk to Matty White. What's what's the one that I haven't mentioned that you'd like to chuck in the mixer? Look, I'll, I'll, UFC. 
Um, oh, there are a number of yes, Kiwis boy. Listen up, Zaid. Take part this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and we've got a couple of promotions on the UFC as well. Just head to the TAB website to check them out. You can win one of 500 um, pay-per-view passes for UFC 281 um, just by having a bet on uh, any of those UFC bouts. Um, and there's also a bonus back promotion on uh, the Kiwi bouts. So go and check them out. But I just want to mention this this punter who placed a $5 multi, and he is not just a jack-of-all-trades, he is a master of all trades <laughs> because he's it's a four-leg multi, and they're all different sports. So he took the All Blacks to win by 31-40 to 40, uh, against Wales. That was paying $8. He took Grant Dawson to beat Mark Madsen by submission oh. in the UFC. That was paying four fifty. He took DRX to beat T1. I'm guessing that's... Uh, <laughs> eSports. That's, uh, what do you call- yes, that's it, eSports. That was paying three fifty five. Oh. And then he took any bowler to take a hat trick in the Ireland-New Zealand no. cricket T20 match at $31. Stop it! <laughs> Those were the four legs of his multi. Five dollars down, returns just a tick under twenty k. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that would have to be one. That would have to be in the hall of fame of biggest multipliers if it's successful. Yeah, I, I, I agree, and and just the the wide range of sports as well. It, it, it's rugby, cricket, UFC. Esports. Oh, look, I reckon that punter's mother is a savant or something, that, or they've got amazing <laughs> tea leaves. That, that is that is <laughs> off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Right. Oh, wow. $31 shot in a multi. Oh, fantastic. All right, Paul. Great news. And I like the uh, pay-per-view, 500 pay-per-view. So you have to get that bid on, obviously not on game day, but you, you want to put it on this no. week on 281. Before th- um, Thursday. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Zaid, get your bets on now, and you might be one of 500 UFC pay per view passes. I do like that one, Paulie. Well done to the TAB. Thanks, buddy. Beauty. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. There he is, Paul Moati from the TAB.co.nz. And also, see on UFC 281, not only do they have that, they have boosted odds all four Kiwis to win. Uh, regular price $9, boosted price $11 for all four to win. So that's Israel Arasanya. Um, that'll be Dan Hooker as well. Uh, Brad Riddell as well. Who's Who else is on that card? Um, gosh, who's the other key? Is it, um, what's is it? Carlos Olberg. It'll be, that'll be the other one as well. Carlos Olberg. So they're all four. I think Izzy will win. I think Dan will win. win. Brad Riddell. Hopefully we'll win. I don't know what the odds are, but hopefully we'll win. Carlos Olberg, I'm, I'm yet to be 100% sure on him. But, um, yeah, some great ones there. TAB.co.nz, uh, go have a look at that. We'll take a break, and on the other side, we're going to catch up with Matty White out of Australia. Welcome back in. Uh, got a few more text messages coming in, but I'll get to those because we have an appointment booked across the Tasman. Been looking forward to this one today. We catch up with him most weeks. It's... Matty White out of Australia. Righto, Matty. Um, Rugby League World Cup. Uh, Kiwis, in our view, haven't hit their straps yet. Is, is that fair? So the style that they want to play versus the style that they've been playing, how much difference do you reckon there is between the two? <sighs> um, 
I just feel like they're just not... There's sort of two game plans and half the team are playing one and half the team are playing the other. Like, we've got great direct runners. And, and with Brandon Smith there, you, you, you've got a real general, you've got a real director and James Fisher-Harris. They just run straight, run straight. They're playing Nelson, Asafa, Solomona too wide. Just get them to play straight. Um, and then it's sort of leaving the backs, not quite knowing their role. So it just seems a little bit mishmashed at the moment, but he's got a week to sort it and get them all on the same page. A real a real test of his coaching ability, I think, to just unify this team coming into a really important game. Staffy, we know who are our danger men. Who do you think, who, who, do, who do the Kiwis view the Kangaroos' danger men? Latrell Mitchell. <laughs> Full stop, is it? <laughs> I mean, you can keep going, you know. Uh, you got great players right across the park. I mean, Josh Etikar, wonderful finisher, but finisher. But you know, Latrell Mitchell is just this beacon of a rugby league player over here in New Zealand. He's just there's so much about him. An absolute match winner. He's he's physical. He's fast. He's got a great head. He can kick. He can tackle. He can just do everything. And I think if they can shut down Joey, uh, sorry, if they can shut down Latrell Mitchell, I mean, there's other guys all around the park as well, but he's the main guy that uh, Kiwi League fans really will be centering on. Can't wait for it, mate. Saturday morning on that one. Now, let's get to the T20 World Cup. So down to the final four there. You guys have got Pakistan on Wednesday night at the SCG. It's going to be enormous. And I, I can't help but think, Staffy, in Australia's predicament at the moment, and as you can imagine over here, there's all sorts of post-mortems going on. Where did it go wrong? And I keep going back to that first game at the SCG. Now, you've got to say that New Zealand played, you know, played all facets of the game right that night. Everything worked for them well. But I also think that it left Australia a little bit shell-shocked, knowing that they came in here with a few injuries, a little bit underdone, but... In my way of thinking, New Zealand set the standard of what uh, and how this T20 World Cup was going to pan out. Is there a feeling around that as as well, that that even if you go back to the first game, you might be responsible for getting rid of the Aussies earlier than you thought? Yeah, I think what, what I view the Australian cricket team is as a team full of match winners, and uh, New Zealand are a match-winning team. Like They play a really good collective uh, brand of cricket to the New Zealanders, quite level-headed, quite calm. Um, but when you've got Australia, just when we play Australia, say who's going to beat us tonight? Is it going to be Warner? Is it going to be Maxwell? Is it going to be Stark? Is it going to be Hazelwood? Rather than seeing them as a collective team in, in gold, if you know what I'm saying. And then, and like Warner hasn't really filed. Maxwell has on occasion, but as a collective, um, I think New Zealand's got it right this tournament. And different people have fired. Um, Kane Williamson hasn't really taken off until towards the end of pool play as well and he's just been that calm level-headed guy we've got explosiveness at the top I mean for goodness sake we've sat Martin Guptill down who's one of the best white ball batsmen in, in the history of T20 cricket and he can't find his way into the team but he'll be playing a supportive role so yeah I think uh, Australia might have been undone a little bit by re- relying on individuals if you like Extraordinary to think that you'll be playing Pakistan, isn't it? I mean, the way that this tournament has unfolded has just been mind-blowing. I, I called the Pakistan-South Africa game last week, and, and for all intents and purposes, uh, Pakistan were done. Were done and dusted. And even yesterday morning, they wouldn't have thought that they were going to be in their semifinals. And here they are. So you've got to be aware of this team. Look, Pakistan, uh, one of the hardest sides to beat and one of the easiest sides to beat. 
Uh, it's just the, just the way they are. They're just so hot and cold. And if we get Pakistan on, on a good day, we're going to battle. And you're right. I, I remember one of the TV commentary guys as I was watching it was saying when Pakistan were on the bus to the ground, uh, they wouldn't have been thinking they were going to a uh, a knockout game, a quarter final with a very life chance of getting in. But there's been some good upsets in the T20 World Cup, which I guess is an advertisement that luck is quite a big component in T20. Uh, the shorter the game, the more luck you need. And um, Pakistan have found themselves lucky and get themselves into a semi. It's, um, yeah, we knew we were there, but uh, I don't, none of us were expecting Pakistan to be on the other side. Yeah, exactly. And India v England. So I'm in Melbourne at the moment, Staffy. I was here yesterday as the as the build-up towards the MCG match um, started to take place. And, I mean, the Indian fans just come out in their numbers. So, obviously, if you could think about it in terms of what they would really like at the ICC, it'd be India v Pakistan in the final on Sunday night at the MCG. What you guys would like to be there, New Zealand. I mean, it's such a, an incredible match-up to think it could be New Zealand versus India, Pakistan versus India, or all you take on England, vice versa. So have you got any... Have you got a uh, you know a thought process around who you would prefer to see in the final if you made it? Oh, I think if we made it, um, like we've been India's bogey team for a few of these tournaments, and uh, but I think that them and us are the two form teams, uh, India and New Zealand. Um, so, but we love beating England more than anyone else as well. So I think um, <clears throat> mentally, probably India we've got a better chance against. But uh, I think if we said who you know you've won the final who did you beat who would you most like to beat it's probably probably England after that shambles with that uh, that what we call that which shall not be spoken of the uh, the world cup final <laughs> exactly good on you mate so uh, plenty for you guys to talk about plenty for us to continue to dig into as well we'll speak again next week cheers Matty. oh just looking up I had a few questions about what time the ufc starts UFC 281 with those four Kiwis involved and I'm seeing the preliminary start at 6.15 Eastern Time uh, prelims 8 main card 10 10, 10, 10 so 10 oh gosh 10pm Eastern Time is in 2 hours time so 4 o'clock it looks like the the big card will start so 4, 2, 12, so midday, I think, for New Zealand, something like that. I'll, I'll do a little bit more research for you. Sorry, team. Um, I just saw those text messages now. Um, lots of text messages have come in on the Tampa Bed Post text machine. Uh, not a good look, Sonny Bill Williams in boxing. I don't know if he'll fight again after that one, actually. Uh, Staffy. Uh, great result for the Black Ferns. Thought all the ball France was snaffling at the breakdown was scary. Uh, that said, I thought England were reasonably average against Canada. The final will be interesting. It will be interesting, actually. I saw uh, one of the English players saying the biggest crowd they've ever played in front of was 20,000. So even though they've probably got bought more more players that are used to a big crowd, no one's going to be used to the 40,000 that's going to be at Eden Park. And be one of them. Be one of them. It's going to be a history-making moment. Uh, my comments about Frizzell and Akira Ioane. <laughs> Here's your replies. Akira Ioane shouldn't even be an All Black. Frizzell is miles ahead of him from Brad. Uh, Frizzell is miles ahead for what the All Blacks need right now. Um, there was some more here. 
I'd have neither of those two at six. If Blackadder was fit, it would be him. If it's not Scott Barrett, or if not, it's Scott Barrett for me. There we go. I like Scott Barrett at six too. Not against every opponent, but against that one as well. Um, Steffi, I understand what you're saying about Akira. And just like Dalton, they have the size. They just need game time and they will complement Artie big time and compete with the big sides, Ken. Uh, but what I was saying, Ken, was I, I feel like Akira's had lots of chances. I, he, when he's great, he's great. Just needs to work on his consistency. Um, Staffy, I assume both the men and women New Zealand rugby teams have their fitness trackers. How great would it be to compare the two? It'll be interesting to see where they're both at last weekend. As discussed, the women's game seemed faster and the ball and play more. It did seem that, didn't it? And just the urgency around the game. The urgency. Until France hit the fatigue mark at about um, 20 minutes to go, they they did start slowing it down a little bit. Um, when Blackadder and or Grace come back in, Akiriani won't get a look in. Here's another one. Uh, the Aussie cricketers might have made it into the semis if they had a bit more grit in their pockets. <laughs> Oh, I do like a little bit of humour. Yes, I did say uh, that the ferns tuck and run it hard. Tuck with a T. Thank you. Um, y- your reception might have been just a little bit in and out there. Uh, Mark said, Fiji point start, England point start, Australia point start, and then Republican Party. I will be the lucky person to receive the click just shy of $800. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, Republican Party. I've actually backed it in the interdoms. Um at long odds, but we'll all be cheering for Beaver's best and all of you. News time. Just gone two o'clock half time, had our oranges at half time, and a big second half coming up as well. Uh, Chris has just said, Have you talked to Mel Robinson yet? He's been out. Chris, we have, but it is up on the podcast app, I'd imagine, team. It is the Melody Robinson one. Waiting for the big thumbs up from the hot house. Yes, it's there. So on the SENZ app or Apple or Spotify or Wherever you get your podcasts, you will find Afternoons with Staffy and the chat to Mel Robinson. Fantastic catch up with her. So you can do that, Chris. Um, and people have said the prelims are at uh, early prelims 2, prelims, sorry, 12, noon, uh, and then the prelims at 2 and the main card at 4. Thank you, team. Thank you all. Look at you coming and helping me out. Um, the most accurate way to find out the UFC Times in New Zealand is the TAB. I looked at those two, but they had a whole string of them at 12. Um, I know that having been to a number of boxing events, they don't have a start time, but they just have will start by a certain certain time, the big ones, and then they all fall back down there. Um, the Black Ferns game against France was an unbelievable example of how the game of rugby should be played. It, show how, it showed how bastardised the men's game from first 15 level to the All Blacks is. Ruined by money, greed, egos and political agendas. Strong text message. Strong text message. But wasn't it a beautiful game? Both those semi-finals, actually. 
just fantastic games of rugby. So engaging. So engaging. Um, Neil says, Sevens lost to an eventual the eventual cup winners Australia in the Sevens, yes, in their group, due to throwing three intercept passes. Looked a bit rusty. Uh, I feel like the Sevens team hasn't been as good since the influence of Tim Mickelson, the player, and Tim Mickelson, the leader of the pack. Just a little bit lost on the field. Uh, Pakistan look a big danger in the cricket semi as well, according to Neil. Um, just in this horrific news about um, this bloke, what's his name? Danushka Guna Thalaka, the Sri Lankan that's been arrested in Australia. <clears throat> Um, he's got he's got history. In October 2017, he was suspended for six limited over matches, uh, and he missed out on the ODI squad for Pakistan and the UAE. Uh, the suspension was given due to missing training sessions, turning up to a match without his gear, showing an in- indifferent attitude during training. Uh, it was reduced to three matches, etc. Then in January 18. They reprimanded him for a breach of code of conduct when he gave a send-off to a Bangladeshi batsman when he was dismissed. Uh, Six months later, again suspended from cricket duty, breaking team curfew. Uh, Came immediately at the end of the second test against South Africa. He was fined his entire match fee from the second test and was suspended for six matches. Um... The reason for the suspension was due to the fact that one of the friend, one of his friends, was accused of indecent assault of a Norwegian woman in a hotel room in Colombo. Goodness me! The Sri Lankan police later revealed that he was innocent and cleared from the allegations of being involved in the assault. March 2021, um, he breached code of conduct using offensive and indecent, appropriate, uh, inappropriate language towards a West Indies batsman. Uh, the following month, he censured him on his indecent behaviour. Uh, he had a brawl with a few others during an event in a hotel. Uh, wow, he's got he's got a rap sheet. Uh, based on the findings and recommendations made by the panel, um, the Sri Lankan cricket warned the player not to engage in any conduct which violates the standards of honesty, morality, fair play and sportsmanship. Um, the committee also directed him to attend mandatory counselling sessions conducted by a doctor for a, for a whole year. The following month, they suspended him after he breached the team's biosecure bubble during Sri Lanka's tour of England. All three players were seen in the city centre of Durham and they sent them all home ahead of the ODI matches in July. Following the outcome of the incident, he was suspended from playing in international cricket for a year. Um, and they agreed to lift the ban early, rescinding the punishment January 2022, which allowed him to go to the T20 World Cup. Surely he's done now. Surely he's done now. He's obviously a good player. Uh, just looking at his record, um, he's a batter. He averages 18 in tests, 35 in ODI, 16 in T20s. He's mainly a, an ODI batter. Um, God, what a plonker. What a plonker. Um, I just thought I'd do that out of general interest to see what he was like, and he seems like a real pork chop. Um, Mark just said, did Akira Ioani play on the weekend? I didn't even notice. <laughs> Still in France from last year. <laughs> um, 
oh, and someone else just saying that Black Ferns game of rugby was the best they've seen since the 2011 Men's Rugby World Cup. Huge advertisement. Um, and Dale says, Staffy, so good to see a try-hard fighter get beaten by a proper fighter. Dale, I think you're talking about Mark Hunt, Sonny Bill Williams. I think that's what you're talking about. Um, very shortly, we're going to catch up with, what are we coming up to, 15? We're coming up to talk to Grant Nisbet, who commentated the All Blacks game. If you've missed it so far on the show today, we've had Mel Robinson, who reflected on that wonderful semi-final and predictions about the final as well. If you want to go even further back, the first hour, go back and listen to the Midday Madness um, it was so good, so much positivity. I left it open. You could talk about what you wanted, which game um, fizzed you up, got you up and about. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure every single call mentioned the World Cup semi-final, New Zealand France. It was it was wonderful. So that that was in that was in the first hour. And then, as I say, we caught up with Melody Robinson, and then uh, a good old chat with Maddie White across the ditch as well. And um, Grant Nisbet coming up shortly. And after that, uh, just after the 2.30 news, we're going to catch up with Paul Fatuera, um, former Kiwi, back here in New Zealand, about what he's making of this sort of, what would you call it, clunky displays by the Kiwis, good displays by England and the Kangaroos as well. Samoa with a fantastic win over Tonga. They make up the semi-finals. They will take on England New Zealand against the, the Kangaroos. So we'll have a chat to him. Um, and Mark Howard out of Australia, um, he's part of the commentary team for the T20 World Cup. His picks, we've got the final four. Um, we'll let him lament about the situation with the Australian cricketers as well. we'll we will revisit our Show Me The Money and we'll find out what's making news. We'll go back in the day, so still so much more to get involved in. Stick along, it's great to have your company and it's also cool to have the company of Gull. They fuel your mission all year round. Gull.nz, you go and register there and they'll text you or email you and tell you when it's all on special. But Grant Nisbet, the voice of rugby in New Zealand, joins us after the break. So it's one of the great rugby rivalries and it's Wales against the All Blacks and we're underway at the Principality Stadium. How long can Wales hold up here? Savia has to release it. Now a shot at the line by Taylor. Try scored. Savia takes it quickly. Goes hard himself. Another go at the line. And the All Blacks are in again. Might be Cody Taylor again, I reckon. It is. Two to Cody Taylor. All Blacks let them have it. Now they do go to the back division. And here's a chance. And it's the new man, Rio Dyer. Oh. A penalty coming the way of the All Blacks this time as Papali is driven back. Referee will play an advantage. Here's Moanga kicking for the corner. And oh. Johnny Barrett! Oh. Johnny Barrett, what a try! And the kick is up and it is over. And that is the final act of the first half. And there's been plenty of action too. The All Blacks have scored three tries, two of them by Cody Taylor, one by Geordie Barrett, and they lead at the break in Cardiff by 22 points to 13. Trying to get it back now, Smith's got it. Sees a little gap, off he goes! Aaron Smith, oh What a try! On a world record night for Aaron Smith, he scores! Up it goes to replacement prop. Dylan Lewis, little kick ahead, chance, 
Austin Tipperick. Papali'i tries to control it. Here's Savia. Throws a, an outrageous dummy. Drops that off. Oh, Aaron Smith's there. And he's got a double. All Blacks just trying to wear this Welsh defence down. Smith again slips in the one tackle. Ball will be there. Savia goes in, plays halfback. Another penalty coming. Gets up, goes again. And Artie Savia gets it down and gets a try. Now Weber, change of direction. Could open up, but it does. And it is Geordie Barrett. And he gets two for the night. Deep into referee's time here as the All Blacks set it again. Savia's got it at the moment. Tokiaho will latch onto it. He's got it. And this is looking pretty good. Here he goes. And he scores. Samasoni Tokiaho puts a full stop on the game. Barrett's conversion is over. And the final whistle blows at the Principality Stadium. And a nice touch there, Bowden Barrett and Wayne Barnes. But the All Blacks have done the job big time in Cardiff. Final score, 55 points to 23. Well, the voice you heard just there calling the highlights of a wonderful All Blacks test match and uh, grantness, but I haven't been able to say that after an All Blacks test match. That that often this year, not as often as we would like, but, uh, geez, it was a timely performance, wasn't it? Yeah, g'day, Steph. Uh, it certainly was. We've had a couple of ups this year, haven't we? I mean, the, the performance at Alice Park was a good one, and also the the final Bledisloe Cup test at Eden Park was also a good one, but... I think probably this was the best of them because we were so dominant. And uh, what made it even more pleasing was that we were dominant in the forwards against the Northern Hemisphere team, something we couldn't really say in our performances against Ireland earlier in the season. So, no, it was very pleasing, actually. And uh, and I sort of came away thinking, maybe we are making some progress. So I was a bit disappointed after the Japanese game, but then, of course, they made some significant changes quite clearly and brought back some of the, uh, shall we say, more significant players. And uh, I think we, we're, we're looking pretty good. It's going to be interesting now when we play Scotland to see exactly what sort of uh, mix and match team that Ian Foster puts out there. Yeah, and that might change a little bit on the back of like the the big, big one was going to be England. And, and they've just been felled by Argentina, who... I just want to talk about them just briefly. What what a year Argentina have had beating Scotland. Uh, they've beaten Australia. They've beaten us. And now they've beaten England. Um, they're sort of the sleeping giants. Yes, and they also play very well at World Cups. You might remember in 2015, I think they made, uh, what, the quarterfinals? Um, and they've actually got a very good World Cup record, uh, given that their standing in world rankings has never been that high. But... It seems as though Michael Checker has made a big difference, really. Um, to come to New Zealand and win that test match was uh, was probably way beyond their expectations. Of course, beating the All Blacks in Sydney a couple of years ago, and to go to Twickenham, which I'd argue is probably the hardest place in world rugby to go and win, and to do that is just fantastic. So, look, they're peaking nicely towards the World Cup, and I'm not saying they're a genuine contender, but they're right in there for, for teams that could cause massive upsets. Mm, they sure are, and it's a real dent for England, isn't it? Jeez, what a what a uh, what a shocking result for them at the home of rugby at Twickenham. 
Yeah, exactly. I guess they could say, look, you know, we're a bit rusty. It's our first run for a while and all that sort of thing. Um, but it didn't seem to worry Ivan too much in their performance um, against South Africa. Mm. Um, France stumbled a bit, but they got through against um, against Australia. I think these Northern Hemisphere teams will improve. Uh, some of them, you know, were playing their first matches of the season. Wales might improve as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds over the next two to three weeks. A couple of uh, performances I wanted to highlight from the weekend is by Cody Taylor. Great to see him back uh, doing what he does so well. He's he's a good starting hooker. Yeah, exactly. And I was surprised that uh, Samasoni Tokiaho didn't make the start. I thought that um, you know that he's probably of the hookers that we've had this year was was probably the best. And um, so it was quite a wise and bold decision, I think, from um, from the selection panel to go with Taylor. Uh, it will be interesting to see when the England test comes around exactly up because I think that we will know then what their number one team is. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. But uh, no, he played really well. He, um, he he hadn't really been at his best all season. And in fact, not even last season, I don't think he played all that well. He'd probably be the first to admit that. But um, I thought he was back to his best on Saturday. And um, one of the things that you know perhaps wasn't going so well was the line-out throwing. Now, that's not always the hooker's blame. Quite often it can be the lifter or even the uh, the caller or the, or the receptor of the ball. But sometimes the line-out um, throwing has not been great this season, but it was pretty damn good against Wales, I thought. So, yeah, great to see him back, really. And, um, and of course, Tokyo off the bench for the last 20-odd minutes makes a real impact as well. Geordie uh, Barrett's provided even more questions, or would you say he's provided an answer with his very good performance in the 12th jersey? I think he's provided an answer. Um, you know, we've sort of been lacking a wee bit um, for um, a quality midfield. It's an area where you, if you'd said to someone three or four months ago, who was our best midfield, you'd get a half a dozen different answers. You'd get the Habili's, you'd get the uh, the good Hughes, um, maybe the two of us, the Sheiks, the Yuanis, um, all sorts of different names, Quintu Pyre in there as well. But I think now, um, and it'll be interesting to see whether they follow through with it, um, I think Geordie Barrett, you can rock him in at number 12 and then build the rest around him, um, whoever you like at 13, um, because if you don't put Yuani uh, there, you maybe put him on the wing. So um, I think he's provided a bit of stability there, um, Geordie Barrett. He certainly hasn't done anything wrong. He's a big, powerful man. And in the world of international rugby, generally speaking, the number 12 is a big, powerful bloke. And so I think uh, at the moment, he's looking damn good. And uh, I hope the Hurricanes play him there as well. They, they tended to sometimes during Super Rugby last season. But he may well say, look, 12 is my position. Play me there. And uh, I think they'll be listening. Yeah, because I think even maybe only three weeks ago it was thought that Havili and Rico were our number one midfield. But now um, Geordie's in there and the returning of Anton Leonard-Brown and his uh, inclusion in the side, his nous and his brain and his decision-making is fantastic. And th- they have been so reluctant to move Rico Ioane. But Anton Leonard-Brown, he's come back in form hell of a lot quicker than what I thought. And the Geordie Barrett that we've talked about Maybe we do see Rico back on the wing, but we're quite well served with wings as well. Yeah, look, we're not we're, we're well served all over the place, aren't we? Really, um, 
the, the wingers didn't get much of a run against the Wales. It just the, the game didn't flow in their direction, but they did nothing wrong. Sevi Reese and Caleb Clark. But it just indicates the depth because we're not even talking at the moment about Will Jordan, who's not on tour. But in my view, he's got to start somewhere in a, in a top All Black team. You've got to have Will Jordan somewhere. Um, I agree about Anton Leonard Brown. He just gives that stability. He's sort of the Conrad Smith mm. of this generation, if you like. Um, and I'd like to see him playing at 13, but I, I also acknowledge that Rico Ioani is an outstanding rugby player, and I really think he's better served on the wing, probably on the left wing where he first started, made his mark. Um, but then, of course, you, you, you're tossing someone like Caleb Clark out. So it's, it's nice to have those um, selection issues. Um, I'd rather that way than uh, scrambling around trying to find people. And a wonderful, wonderful game by Aaron Smith, who probably a bit like Cody Taylor has been a little bit off his game. And I was so close to messaging him in his bow and saying, you ran, you ran the ball, look what happened. Um, it's so good to see he's got that triple threat back in his game. Yeah, look, and it coincides with the fact that the forwards are playing well too. And anybody who's played the game or, or follows the game knows that halfbacks don't always look terrific if the, back, if the forwards aren't performing. Mm. But the all-black forwards are actually marching forward. They're giving Aaron a little more room than he's had uh, in the earlier parts of the season. And he really did cash in. It was interesting, his tactics at the start of the game when he, when he was taking the ball inside the 22 and not kicking it out. He was making nice contestable kicks so that the All Blacks could get there. He wasn't just, um, you know, pumping it for the touchline and sending it to a line-out. No, I think he, he was outstanding, really. And, and, and there had to be question marks, uh, you know, with his age and the, the length of rugby time he's been playing rugby about whether he'd actually get to the World Cup in, uh, in pristine condition. I think he certainly showed on Saturday that he will, and he still remains our number one halfback for sure. Would you like to see a bit more consistency in selection? I know there's only two matches to go. It's one thing that has been um, highlighted by by the punters out there that we just never know who our top 15 is. Is this the chance and just say, suck it up, boys, two more games, and then you can have a six weeks, eight weeks, ten weeks off? Do, do we just start seeing some consistency now? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's going to be, as I said before, it is going to be interesting in this selection for the Scottish Test because I suspect it will be a bit of a mix and match. I think they probably have looked at the itinerary and said the game that we are really targeting here is England because England is going to tell us how we have progressed through 2022 and how we're going to look in 2023. It really is uh, the grand final, I believe, and um, because this match against Scotland is, um, well, Monday morning our time, it only leaves a six-day turnaround. Mm. Whether you want to back up key players six days later, I'm not so sure. And so I've got a feeling we might see, as a, uh, I term it, a mix-and-match team. Uh, there'll, there'll still be significant players there, but some of the blokes who haven't have it as much game time may well come back into the mix for the Scottish Test match, and, uh, and we'll see what they really think when um, when we come to play England. And finally, Nisbo, you've watched a lot of rugby over the years. Have you seen a better couple of games of women's rugby than we saw in the semi-finals of the World Cup? No, they were terrific, weren't they? They really were, and uh, it's great to see the crowds turning out. And um, that try that England scored from behind their own goal line, right, I've been hearing that England being a fairly do-a-lot, 
and uh, and using their bigger players just to grind out victories. But that was a spectacular try for sure. And then, of course, we went to the New Zealand-France game, and uh, and boy, I was on the edge. Um, in fact, I was <laughs> I was trying to sleep after the game as staff and the adrenaline was running so much I can hardly. I was still playing the game in my head. Um, but yeah, no, it'll be it'll be a great occasion and, and fantastic if, if a big crowd turns up, well, a capacity crowd turns up at Eden Park next weekend. Yep, absolutely brilliant. All right, Nisbo, thanks so much for your time today. Enjoy the rest of the rugby. We've got a pretty jam-packed couple of weeks, haven't we? Certainly have. Nice to talk to you, mate. Welcome back in. We've just gone two thirty. I forget. I forgot to mention just before the news. Uh, we've got Paul Fatawera coming on the show. Uh, in fact, now. So, any questions about the Kiwis you want to put to the great uh, former Kiwi himself? Get them through now. Double eight, double three. And uh, if you're real quick, I'll get them to him before he goes. But Paul joins us now. Welcome, and Paul, thanks for joining us. My absolute pleasure, Mark. Great to be here. Um, Paul, you've got a much better league brain than me, buddy. Um, you've played all around the world, a number of NRL teams, uh, championship teams. You've played for the Kiwis. There's a bit of concern amongst rugby league fans at the moment that we just we haven't quite sparked it yet. What's been your take on the Kiwis so far this tournament? I think there's a fair adjustment. Uh, sorry, there's a fair... fair uh question mark there, but at the end of the day, they're in the semi-finals. Uh, they're still alive, and they've still got still got a, a life there. So I'm not sure uh, the coaching team and staff will be analysing their performance uh, during the weekend. And at the end of the day, they they won, so they're still in it. And uh, I'm still still confident that they can uh, get to Australia. But in saying that, Australia, in my in my opinion, the best team in the world, and it's going to be a tough ask. But they're there, so all we can do is, is learn from uh, the weekend's performance and move forward. I found it interesting that um, Chance Nickel Clockstead was moved into the centres and uh, the guy Chris, I think it is, from Canberra, he was one of the players of the year in the NRL and um, Nickel Clockstead, who played fullback, found his way into the side at his expense. Did, did that selection surprise you? Yeah, it, it did. Uh, but hey... That's why the, the coaches get paid the good money to, to make these decisions. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm glad now I'm on the sideline watching as, as a big fan and advocate for the Kiwis. Uh, yeah, so yeah, there's, there's been a bit of an adjustment there. But, you know, uh, like I'll just go back on what I said before, they're in the semifinals now. Uh, I'm sure they'll be, they'll, be, uh, they'll be wanting to pick up their performances because Australia's going to be a tough, tough battle. And it's been a long season for all players across the board, it, it really does come down to who wants it the most. Uh, they all be, I'm sure they'll all be ca- carrying uh, little niggles. It's been a long season. It really comes down to to the team that can tackle hard and play hard. Yeah, because at this level, Paul, that you've played at, it's not about coaching catch and pass and and not even so much tactics. It's about getting the collective buy-in and rallying all these troops. It's a, it's a big ask this week because... Really, um, Samoa, apart from their first game, have looked tight and they've got better and better. Uh, the Aussies are Aussies and possibly the team in the best form are the English. It is, 
how hard is this going to be for Michael Maguire to unite this team to be a collective? Yeah, it's, I don't think it's going to be uh, difficult. For, again, in my opinion, they seem like a, a tight, tight niche uh, bunch of brothers happening, and, and let's be fair, Inc. And I think they've they've had a, a good connection since the the Test match earlier in the year against Tonga, and I, I can see I can see a lot of uh, positives. It's you know, and it's, let's not kid ourselves. They Fiji are a strong side, and and they are they were experienced across. Uh, their team, so I think now you've, you've got to really look at these these nations: Samoa, Tonga, Fiji. They're they're quality sides. They're not the the the, the teams of five, ten years ago. They can compete. They've got grand finalists in all of these sides, and I think it's great for the game. Uh, but yes, I think the the caliber kind of players that we have, we, we need to expect more uh, this weekend. Uh, hopefully, they can pull out a victory. Can they do it? Yes, they can. But it's going to be a tough ask, and you're right. It's, it just comes down to to how much they want it. And they are professionals. This is what they get paid to do, to perform at their best. It's been a long season. Just hopefully their, their mindset's right, and they, they go out there and, and give it the all. They tackle hard, make their tackles. Well, hey, they, they can win. They're simple, really. They haven't been starting well, Paul. With um, the, they led in the first try against uh, Lebanon, they were down six nil. They were down twelve nil against Fiji. <clears throat> Do they need the pickle juice before they start, not during the game? <laughs> yeah, they need something. I think uh, they. I'm not quite sure what's happening there. You're right. Uh, they, they've had slow starts. That is a concern. Uh, can it be fixed? One hundred percent, it can be fixed. It just comes down to to everyone knowing their roles to achieve their goals and, and starting from the get-go, not not in the second half or 20 minutes into the first half. Uh, they've really got to start fast against Australia because, as we both know, Australia uh, definitely won't be having a slow start. They, they, that's why I think they've been a cheap side for a, for a number of years. But they can do it. I'm, I'm staying positive. There's a lot of work to work on within five days, mm. uh, but uh, you're right, that slow starts is, is a bit of a concern. Talking to former Kiwi, Paul Fatuera, and I guess, Paul, having been there, done that yourself, I was just reflecting on the question I asked you before about um, about Madge getting these boys collective, but when you run out on that field and you see the green and gold jersey of the Kangaroos, there's no better scalp, is there? Oh, there isn't, and it's not back in my heyday, yes, I was fortunate to play alongside, alongside some champion athletes like Ruben Wiki and Clinton Torpy and we were able to beat Australia on a couple of occasions. It didn't happen too often back in my heyday 1,000 years ago. <laughs> it, is, it is a nice feeling. <laughs> it is a nice feeling being in Australia, in particular in a semi-final or grand final. And they'll, they'll be motivated. They'll be pumped up. And once they put on that black uh, jersey, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that they can uh, pull out the victory. Who's the hardest to, to beat? Like, um, obviously, England, Samoa. That is the other semi-final. That's got a whole lot of interest around it, considering it was the first match of the tournament. But Samoa have really grown. Can you see them upsetting England, even though they they uh, they let the English score 60 points against them in game one? Oh, I would love Samoa to beat England, obviously. Uh, it's, it's going to be a tough ask, because England have, have had a... A tremendous uh, tour uh, thus far, 
they've uh, been playing outstanding. I'm saying that too. Samoa have uh, progressed and evolved as the tournaments uh, continued, and and they got championship winners in their side too. Can Samoa do it? 100% they can do it. It's, it's another great game. This it's a lot of action uh, happening this weekend, and I'm excited to watch these two games. But yeah, my money's on England, unfortunately, but I'm I'm backing Samoa. Yep, I'd love a Samoa New Zealand final. That'd be epic, especially down South Auckland where I live. The flags and the fireworks will be going. Mate. Hey, Paul, really appreciate your time today. You're welcome, Mark. All the best. Thank you, Paul Fatawera, the former Kiwi, joining us uh, talking the Kiwi League. Uh, we've got a brand new vault, 0800 That snuck up on you, didn't it? Uh, Captain K has uh, come up with this sporting moment because uh, Sammy Hewitt isn't here today. So, geez, I know how Sammy Hewitt thinks. I don't know how Captain K operates. Actually, I do. And uh, it could be something weird. But anyway, you get seven yes-no questions to try and unlock the Vault. $50 TAB bonus bet will be up for grabs today. It jackpots as it goes through the week. But give it a go today. You might stumble on the key question that will unlock the vault. 0800 150 Get your quiz on. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Seven questions, one answer. Can you crack the vault? Yes, it's vault time, a brand new piece of, what is it, Kez? A sporting moment, a sporting moment, Captain K. Now, is this you or is this Sammy Hewitt that's put this away? A little bit of teamwork here. So I've given one to Sammy and said, how about we roll with this? This is a good one. And Sammy's gone, no, no, I'll one-up here. And he's given me... Another one. Ooh, Steph, it's, a, it's another one, but it's on the similar path. Okay. That's all I'll <clears> say. Our contestant is John from Christchurch. G'day, John. How are you, pal? Good, mate. So you know how this works. You get seven questions. I say, well, Captain K says yes or no, because I don't know what the answer is. And then you have a guess after those seven. Are you all set to go? Yeah, let's give it a crack, pal. Righto. Way you go, Captain K. Oh, geez. First question. Is it an individual sport played by one person? Good start. But unfortunately, no. Individual sport, no. Right. That's half to the sports for you, John. Question two. <laughs> uh, 15-man game. Ooh, 15-man game. That's a nice question. No, it is not. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I like this. Okay. Uh, Played uh, uh, a male, male sport, male-dominated sport. Well, is this particular sporting moment male? We'll go with that. I like that, Steph, that good fix-up, because this particular moment, it is, John, yes. Yes, it is a male moment. That is not an individual or a 15-man sport, but male moment. Cut okay, it in half so again. Is it an Olympic sport? Is it an Olympic sport? It was last week. And it is again. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> the Olympics weren't last week, yes. Was it not? No. Okay, yes, an Olympic sport. Oh, you're narrowing it down nice and slow. You've got th- uh, two, one, two, three, four, three more questions. Oh, straight to cycling. On the nose, it is not cycling. No. Okay, okay. So this one has to be, is it in the athletic arena? As in track and field? Yes. So is it track and field? I like where your head's at. <laughs> that but could be no. a no. But no, not track and field. So you got one more question. Okay. So just to just to review, um, it is not an individual sport. It's not a fifteen-person game. Uh, yes, it is a male sporting moment. Yes, it's an Olympic sport that is not cycling or track and field. One more question, and then a guess. Um, does it involve a boat? Ooh, does it involve or a boat? Or yeah, kayak's a boat, uh, a yacht is a boat, uh, rowing is a boat. So is it a, is it a boat sport? Does it fall under the category of a boat? <laughs> Does it go on water? Is it a boat sport? You're not sinking, John, because yes. <gasps> yes. Yes. Right. We've got a boat Olympic sport that is not an individual. Here we go. Oh, God, how many are there? <laughs> there are a lot. There are a lot. Well, I'm going to go. This is the guess I have to make, isn't it? Yes, it's guess time. Uh, and because we haven't done it so long, for so, so long, is it the Kiwis winning gold in the eights? Kiwis winning gold in, in the, the men's eight. eight. In the men's eight in 19... Have you got a, have you got a year for me? Well, I can't remember what year the original one was. Um, I can. When, <laughs> um, so it's going to be that one or the last one. Um, oh, oh yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, right, I'm going to go current because it is, was recently, was that last year? So that was the 2021 20, Olympics, but it was this year. That's right, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So the 2021 uh, Tokyo Olympics... Kiwis win gold in the eight. Is that your guess? That's my guess. Right. Should I punch it in, Steph? Punch it in and see oh, what happens. Oh, my this. hands are sweaty. This is probably one of the first, uh, greatest first goes we've had. Let's punch it in. Oh, jeepers. A valiant effort. I must say, you you got some absolute rippers. You've thinned the field down, John. Don't be a stranger and have a go in the coming days because you've done some good work, I feel. I don't know what it is, but I feel like you've done some good work. No worries, Steph. Thanks, fellas. Good on you. Good on you, buddy. There he is. $100 TAB bonus bet. Now, that'll be up for grabs on Thursday because we've got the New Zealand Cup Day special show tomorrow. Uh, running from 12 to 6, so we won't play the vault. Then Wednesday we have the chase, so Thursday. So marinate on that, New Zealand. Marinate on that. I don't know if he's close. The involves a boat, yes. So I'm thinking yachting, kayaking, 
hang on, hang on. Individual no. Oh, you yeah, know, there's twos and fours in the kayaks. Um, there's twos, fours and eights in rowing. And then there's the two-man sailing teams as well. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So that is the vault. We'll resume on Thursday, so stick around for that. Uh, after the break, uh, I'll go through a few of the text messages that I've been having. And also in the next hour, we're catching up with Howie, Mark Howard, as part of the commentary team from the T20 World Cup. We'll get an update from him over that side. Tasman, how are they feeling? They're not in the semis. Unlucky use. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. All the afternoon delight you'll ever need. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Uh, don't forget that we are giving away a, listen to this, and it's an Oklahoma Joe's Black Jack Charcoal Kettle Grill. Google that and have a little have a little look at it. Oh, my Lord, yes. Yes, I want that. Uh, caller of the Month will be in to win an Oklahoma Joe's Blackjack Charcoal Kettle Grill. So, oh, we'll have we'll have a few interests. I love the calls today on Midday Madness, celebrating uh, the Black Ferns making the Women's Rugby League World Cup. Uh, someone's texting asking, hey, Steph, can Merlin get it done from out wide tomorrow on Cup Day? Look, it's a very, very good horse. It's 1-8 from 8, Merlin. Drone by the Purdens, uh, Zach Butcher will be driving, but it's drawn seven on the second row. If it was a 2,400 metres or 2,800, I'd be I'd be all over it, but it's a 1,900 metre race. And Don't Stop Dreaming's drawn two and Sherlock's drawn one. I think Don't Stop Dreaming leads, Sherlock gets the trail, and in a boil over, sprints it down the lane. Sherlock first, Don't Stop Dreaming second, Merlin third. That's my best guess. We'll be back after the news. Special edition of The Good Oil, live from Addington tomorrow from 12 as we celebrate New Zealand Cup Day on SENZ. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Get ready for a workday pick-me-up. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Out to go on the afternoons of Steve here on SENZ. Thank you to Gull for sitting with us 12 to 4 every day. The crew that bring you the economical fuel, gull.nz. Register yourself, they'll send you a text, they'll send you an email to say this is the day and they fuel your mission all year round. Do the folk at Gull. Um, also, just a reminder that Wednesday night, New Zealand versus Pakistan T20 semi-final. We have ball-by-ball commentary for you. First ball's at 9, but tune in before that. Probably 8.30. We will, might even be 8. We will be doing a big preview for you for New Zealand against Pakistan. First semi-final. 
And then same time Thursday night, India against England. Jeez, the noise there will be incredible. The Indian fans are amazing when it comes to cricket. So ball by ball, 9 o'clock, first ball both nights. Wednesday night, Thursday night. New Zealand, Pakistan, India, England. All here live on SENZ. As I want to do at 3 o'clock on a <clears throat> Monday, uh, NFL scores from the round. And I'm not going to give you the one that's on at the moment, which is Kansas City hosting Tennessee, because I know a lot of you will be recording that for later consumption. Both teams 5-2 and two going into this and uh, in the second half, but I'm not going to give you that, sorry, second quarter. I'm not going to give you that score, but I will give you these ones. Buccaneers beat the Rams 16-13, moving to Arizona, where the Cardinals welcomed the Seahawks and kicked them out because the Seahawks won 31-21. Uh, Seahawks moved to 6-3. and three. Then uh, the Vikings are on a bit of a tear. They tore into Washington and won that one narrowly, 20-17. to 17. They are now 7-1. and one. A couple of evenly matched teams, and unfortunately my Buffalo Bills suffered their second loss of the season, going down to uh, conference rival, division rival, New York Jets, 2017. The Jets over the Buffalo Bills. The Patriots got over the top of the Colts quite comfortably, 26-3. to uh, Jacksonville Jags, uh, they won 27-20 over the Raiders. Uh, Detroit Lions picked up an overdue win for them and their fans, 15 against the Packers, 9. Low-scoring affair there. And into a high-scoring affair, we saw Cincinnati beat the Panthers. Uh, Carolina, 42-21, the Bengals winning that one. Another big high scoring. Uh, my second team went down, so both my teams had a loss. Uh, the Dolphins, 35-32 over the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field as well. That one hurts. Uh, the Chargers picked up a win, 2017 over the Falcons. The Eagles, can they keep winning? They went to take on the Texans, the Texans at home. Eagles went bang. They are 8-0, 29-17. They picked up the win there. Uh, at the moment, as I say, Kansas City are playing against the Titans, but I won't give you the score update. And then tomorrow we see the Saints, who are 3-5, and five, hosting the Ravens, who are 5-3. and three. So opposite, um, opposite records for them there. A couple of text messages to come. Here they come. I've read about the Merlin one. Can Merlin get it done out wide? This is from Pope. I can, but I think if it had the draw of either um, Sherlock or the favourite whose name's just escaped me, um, I think it would win. But I think there's it's a big, big draw. Uh, back to the rugby text we got earlier from Dave saying, hey, Steph, once Blackhatter comes back from injury, Akira won't even be in the squad. He's had more chances than Fozzie. How many games were won by one point over the weekend? It was a great weekend of rugby. Um, from Chris I was a bit iffy on the women's game first game I watched could not stop watching the defence for the French woman and the keenness to run at all costs uh, by the Black Ferns it was great great game ladies you've made me a believer Chris welcome to the party Staffy our prop rotation needs to be given a lot of credit also. Young guys or inexperienced have come in without a fuss and done a fantastic job. Heads down, bums up, tough, uncompromising and exciting. Jared couldn't agree more. We know we know nothing really about Tyrell Lomax and Fletcher Newell and Ethan DeGroote. 
they just say, I'm a rugby player, I put on a black jersey and I go, I go hard, I do my graft. I scrum, I lift, I get myself around the park, I fold guys in half. Yeah, good, good, good observation. They've been a highlight of this year is the, is the emergence of the young props. Um, oh, I missed this one. This must have been when I was about to talk to Nisbo. Steph, can you ask Grant what the story is with the commentators? I'm sure they're doing it out of a Sky studio. They are, except Jeff Wilson's up there, um, and Nisbo, and I think it was Mills Molina called the game back here in New Zealand, uh, and I believe Justin Marshall's in the Northern Hemisphere as well. So there is a presence on the ground, um, but you're right, Graham, observant. Um, Staffy, that's the women's game all round. That must have been when I was saying it's a great um, visual spectacle. I honestly prefer watching women's Premier League as well over the men's these days. No histrionics, it's just all about the football. Bang, you've nailed that, Dale. You've nailed that. Um, Kez, you were at the games yesterday, the semi-finals. Um, I was so excited and so tense sitting at home watching it. What was it like to witness in the flesh, personally, in the stands, part of that? Bro, my my BPM on my heart rate has just come down now. <laughs> Honestly, it was it was spectacular. Like the first game, Canada England spectacle as well. Mm. I'm not hearing it like really talked about. We're talking about that try, which I do have a, an opinion on as well. The the winger was injured. She looked badly injured, just about five meters away from play. Then all of a sudden, she gets up and joins the defensive line. The English winger takes her on the other side and she got 60 metres off the injured Canadian winger. So it was like, but still, it was an amazing try. But I I seriously think Canada could have won that game. Not saying they should have, but they could have, definitely. Could have burgled it. Yeah, but the the atmosphere, like I said last week, Staff, about these Women's World Cup games, they're just different. They're so different. Like, as it got later on and we got close to the Black Ferns game, I was surrounded by a sea of blue jerseys. Mm. Like there was, I'm fully convinced that it was a 50-50 split of French fans and, and Black Ferns fans, which is great because it just made the game so much more exciting. Like people are saying it's one of the greatest games they've seen because of the drama and the end-to-end action. It was so nuts sitting there, being in the presence of all these French fans every two seconds yelling a les bleu, you know? And it was just like, like everyone's saying, the... The drama of it was what caught my eye, and I said to a few people out there, once we gave away that penalty... I wanted to ask you about that 60 seconds of being awarded the penalty, that next 60 seconds, the tea comes out. What was that like being there in person? Because I was beside myself at home. Being dead serious? Made the hit? They bring it back, all of a sudden TMO comes up, it goes silent. (laughs) It goes silent. Even the French fans are silent. Because they know that they are going to get a penalty and we're thinking red or yellow, you know, and they're thinking we're going to win here. Hmm. And then it clicked that they actually had the chance to win with that penalty kick. All of a sudden the French fans get up. All of the Black Ferns fans that were yelling and screaming all throughout, we were silent, man. <laughs> and it was such a tense moment. I remember I looked at my dad. I was there with my dad and my father and I looked at my dad. My dad was white as a ghost. Eh? He 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 had no idea that like we'd, this we'd isn't even how given it's away that to be scripted. I know, but you know what the amazing thing was? No one was booing. Like, and the people that were booing behind us, the Black Fern supporters that were booing, 
there was people turning around and telling them not to boo. Yeah. Like, that's what I like about it. That's what's so different about it, is it's so respectful. Like, it was full on, but it was respectful. But I was saying to the boys out there before, I, w- I turned around. I couldn't watch it. I genuinely oh, you didn't couldn't watch, watch it. it. I watched the kick, but for that minute where they were setting up the kick, it was silent, and I was facing facing the wall. I, c- I just couldn't watch. I was just having some form of PTSD from 2011. So what's was, what's the components for you as a spectator there that made for the occasion? I'm going to make a couple of assumptions. Um, big Eden Park rugby matches are All Blacks South Africa, All Blacks Australia, and it's been like mm-hmm. that for 20 years in the occasion Northern Hemisphere and once every 12 years lines. They are amazing. Wallaby South Africa coming to New Zealand, they've been doing it every year for years and years and years. Is it is it partly it's the World Cup for women? Um, we are hosting and New Zealand's in it. Or is it how much of it was the newness of it for us and, and pride? What Yeah, I think you're right, but I would say, well, just from the general feeling and the general vibe of the crowd, the Black Ferns are held to the same standard that the All Blacks are. Like every time the Black Ferns step out on the pitch, us as fans, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, we expect them to win. And even going into this game, France had beaten us, what, the last three, four times times that they played us. It was still expected from the crowd that we we thought the Black Ferns were going to win, and they obviously did. But that was just the expectation. We're used to seeing the Black Jersey win, and we're used to expecting the Black Jersey win. It's the Garden of Eden Mm. stuff. That is, like, for me, growing up in Auckland, being an Auckland boy, that is the home of rugby for me, Eden Park. It doesn't get much bigger, and it doesn't get much better than that. 22,000 people were there. It was the same atmosphere as an All Blacks game. Mm. It was absolutely electric. And I felt it, like, the whole way through. Every uh, France tried to kick a penalty to touch, didn't make it, the crowd would go up and you'd just see the sea. My favourite part of it, Steph, I'm going to bring it up again like I did last time. So it looked like the sea of, I don't even know what you'd call it, though it was the poi being swung around. Every single person in the stadium had a poi. Yeah. So every time that, if we'd uh, kicked a 40-20, got up with the poi. You know, if we scored a try, everyone would be up with the poi. It was such like, and I talked about the connectedness last week. That was like, so much more enhanced because we felt we all needed to be together in such a tight game like that. It was just, yeah, it was amazing. So, And we tried to get tickets for the final. That's what blew me away. About three or four minutes after the final whistle went, Dad went, yep, that's us next week. We're going to the World Cup final. Looked it up, all all sold. Mm. Restricted view everywhere. Two more questions. Hit me. Rugby, um, this is... This is an observation. It's not your number one sport. It's probably not in your top four sports. Yeah, but, fair. But you're, you're a New Zealander and um, you've known the All Blacks your whole life. Do you feel more connected to the Black Ferns than the All Blacks? 100%. 100%. The thing that amazed me, after the game, bro, the Black Ferns were out within the tunnel talking to everyone. There was a school, um, it was a school girls team that were there, obviously just come as a team to watch the Black Ferns. The likes of Ruby Tui, Sarah Hirani, those were the two that stood out to me. They stayed there for so long, gave away all their kit. Yeah. Even the French were doing it, though. They were taking off their socks, everything that they had, they were giving it to the fans. So I feel like there's that, I don't know, it's just it's, it's so much easier to connect with them because they give a of lot how more personable of they are. <clears throat> you go on TikTok, you go on Instagram, 
every day there's the the black ferns have posted a new TikTok or something, and it's just a, a real and light-hearted, that's important fun for dance. Your generation. It right. is for our generation, yeah, and it is for them as well because I feel like it connects them more and connects them more to the out of camp world. I should say, like the general population, because you can see it on their face. Last question: Are you looking forward? To more women's rugby next year, Super Rugby, Opiki, the Black Ferns again. Do you feel like your appetite for women's rugby has been increased and will you dine out on it next year? Definitely. Mm. Definitely I will. I feel like I've, I, like, to be completely honest, and this is on me, I wouldn't have been able to tell you more than 12 of the, of the women in the squad before the World Cup. Since watching it, I could probably give you the, 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 23, yeah, the 23 or the 35, you know, the whole squad. I just feel so much more invested in it, and it's been such—it's been really well advertised of the in players as individuals. So I'm really looking forward to it, but I'm not looking forward to next week. I'm very scared. My heart rate's just gone up again, Steph. So <laughs> I'm going to go test my heart rate. I'll be back. It's going to be epic. The the World Cup final was going to be brilliant. As are the two semi-finals in the T20 World Cup: New Zealand, Pakistan, Australia, England. As I mentioned, we have all the commentary here. Uh, first ball nine o'clock Wednesday night for us. Thursday night for Aussie India, part of the commentary team that we've been enjoying on the telly. If you haven't been able to listen on SCNZ, um, Mark Howard, been around the game a wee while. We talked to him two or three weeks ago. He picked New Zealand back then. Does he still pick them after seeing a little bit of rubber on the road? Howie, after the break. Well, he joined us a couple of weeks ago, and he's uh, very gladly for us a joy to uh, agree to chat to us today. He's the man behind the Howie Games, but he's the man entrenched in the T20 World Cup. Howie, no Aussie, no Aussie. Rip, just expel your feelings about it, and then we can get on to the business of the semis. Yeah, no, nice to speak to you, Staff, and to all your listeners. Um, yeah, it, well, it, in a way... They were playing catch-up, weren't they, after they got absolutely smashed by New Zealand. You know, the net run rate went down, a 90-run loss. And, and from that point, they were playing catch-up. So they needed remarkable things to happen. They were going to need to beat England, and that got washed out. And from there, they were hoping for some strange results. There was some hope um, when uh, Sri Lanka got off to the fly in the power play, and then England looked like they were fading away in the end. But um, I think the best four teams have got there, although you could argue South Africa, what, what happened yesterday was quite extraordinary. So... Um, I think the the country are disappointed that Australia are out, but they can't wait to see what's going to happen. And, and you know, some people are hoping at the uh, India-Pakistan final that it will probably be the most watched game in world cricket. I'm not hoping that. I hope the Kiwis get through. But, um, no, it moves on pretty quickly, doesn't it? It does. Um, before we leave Australia, what went wrong with their campaign, do you think? Are we just a, a bit of ring rust? Or what, what, what were their main issues? Yeah, I think... I think it was unusual not to see them dominate at the top of the order. You know, Australia's white ball success is often based around Finch and Warner getting off to an absolute flyer, um, and that didn't happen. David Warner had a very unusually quiet tournament, um, which surprised a lot of people. He was unlucky a couple of times, so I think the, the middle order was getting exposed a, a little bit early, and then it's just the nature of the game. Um, it, it, it's you know We saw that many upsets. But yeah, probably not firing at the top of the order didn't didn't help them as a combination. They, they bowled pretty well, um, but it, it, in the end of the day, um, they only lost one game of cricket. But it was the fact they lost it so badly. Um, would have been interesting to see what happened if they played England. I was in Adelaide when Rashid Khan nearly beat them off his own bat, which was quite extraordinary. <laughs> so if you look at it, if you look at it in one way, they only lost one game of cricket, but that was enough to knock them out. So. Um, yeah, just one of those things. It'll be interesting to see the next T20 World Cup, though, which is 
2024 in in uh, in the United States and in the West Indies. Now that is a gig you want to get on staff. Um, what type of a lineup Australia will put out there? Because it'll probably be a, a reasonably different team in two years' time. I would have thought. What happens to the tournament locally now, Howie? Like we've seen massive support for. All of the Indians, the Pakistanis, the Sri Lankans have been turning out in numbers. I guess the the, uh, the shape and the nature of the fans in the crowds uh, will change a little bit, or will the Aussies still stay engaged? No, I think they'll still stay engaged. You know, that Australia-Afghanistan game I did the other night um, in Adelaide, there's only 22,000 people there. So in some ways, the Australian crowds, there was a big crowd of Australia and New Zealand for that first game at the SCG, and then... You know, there's probably only 20,000 when I was up there seeing them play Ireland. There was a big crowd going to be the MCG when it got washed out. But it's it's early in the season for Australia. Um, a lot of people probably haven't been that engaged crowd-wise from an Australian perspective, but the, the crowds have been India. I watched India play Bangladesh the other night in, in Adelaide, and I've never seen anything like it. I, I was staying in the hotel at the ground, and... Three hours after the game, they were still banging drums. I wanted to go down there and say, all right, boys, you've had the win. It's just time to wind it up a bit now. So the, the subcontinental crowds have been outstanding. And let's be honest, the Indian crowds have made the entire tournament. Last night, mate, India, Zimbabwe, and there's 85,000 people at the MCG. So I think it's given Australian fans a first up-close perspective of what it really means to the subcontinental teams and how much they love their cricket, the, the, the Indian, Pakistani, Sri Lankan fans, um, the, the Bangladesh fans, I think they've brought the tournament to life. Yeah, I agree with you. Whenever those subcontinent teams tour New Zealand, and I've been to a lot of those games, they they bring the atmosphere with them. So looking at these top four teams, four very different, uh, if these teams were people, four de- very different personalities, haven't they? Yeah, well... But Pakistan is just a great story, isn't it? You know, they lost two games on, on the last ball. It's disaster. You know, it's get rid of half the team. What's going on? And then the Dutchies come and beat South Africa. Now, now you know, I, I probably thought South Africa were favourite, but the question was, would they get through a semi-final because of their unfortunate history of not performing in big games? I, I don't think anyone pictured Ryan Campbell and his Dutch team would knock them out and they would have that failure prior getting to the final. So Pakistan become a real wild card, I think, because they, they go in with nothing to lose now. You know, they, they're on the first plane back to um, back to Pakistan, really, weren't they, until that happened yesterday. So New Zealand versus Pakistan at the SCG. I'm backing the Kiwis to win the tournament, so I think New Zealand get it done. And then India versus England, yeah, it's hard to tip against Coley, isn't it? I, I don't know. Where, where do you see Adelaide, India versus England? Who, who would you be riding on that one to get home? Oh, I can't pick that one. Yeah, I, I feel like India are in great form, and I just saw a few little juddabars in, in England in their match, in their most recent mm. match. But India, if Coley is up and he's firing and he's passionate and punching the ground, you just walk over broken glass for that, Captain, don't you? Yeah, I uh, he gets you home for me, but the, the flip side of that, I, I, I love Ben Stokes as mm. a cricketer. Um, I was watching it with my young bloke the other night when they were playing Sri Lanka and Sri Lanka off to a fly and Stokes came in. You know, he's obviously from your part of the world. And I said, you watch Stokes, will get a wicket here. And he did. And then when the, the, it was getting tight at the end, um, he, he was the one that steered them home. So, uh, he, you know, he, he has as much impact on the English side as Coley does on the Indian side. So 
I think India just in what could be a ripping game of cricket, um, and I hope New Zealand, but the flip side of that, mate, if India plays Pakistan in the final, I'm thinking you're talking about the most watched game of cricket in in the history of broadcasting. I really do. I think it would just be an enormous game at the MCG, but I, I think the Kiwis get there. And finally, Howie, if, now this is going to be great. This is a great question because you're completely impartial. It doesn't involve Australia. Looking at the way mm. these teams shape up and the way they've evolved through this tournament, if you were a New Zealand fan, which one do you think we've got the recipe to, to win the title better against? Would it be India or would it be England? No disrespect to Pakistan, but if we did get over the top of Pakistan, which one would you want to take on in the final to give us the best chance? I don't want to play India. I do not want to play India at the MCG with 100,000 people there and 10,000 Kiwis and 90,000 Indians. <laughs> I just do not want to play India anytime. So if I'm you, you get over Pakistan and you play England, not not due to the team that you're playing, due to the crowd that you're dealing with. Um, I, it's hard to explain to you what that India-Pakistan game at the MCG was like. It, it's hard to convey the passion and the feeling and, and, and the impact that crowd had on that game of cricket. So, mate, if I'm you, oh, I'm avoiding India and their fantastic crowds wherever you go. Beautiful, Howie. Thanks for chatting today, buddy. Really, really appreciate it. No worries. Good luck. Good luck against Pakistan. I hope the Kiwis get up. Show you the money. Right, oh, Captain K, it's Monday. We revisit the Show Me the Money from last week, and not since the eleven dollar shot that I that I chucked in uh, two or three weeks ago, we had a nine dollar shot uh, come in from the listener. Correct? We did indeed. Should we take a look at it, Steph? Take a look. The- I had this in my head if I was going to be the one that got through. So it's going to be a real crazy one. Nice. But I'm going to go half-time, full-time, double in the Papua New Guinea and England game. Yes. Wow, okay. And I'm going to go PNG to lead and England to win. Paying $9.50 at the moment. <laughs> what about that for a half of rugby league from England? Seven tries scored. A half-time score, 38 points to nil. England. Look, so, just 38 points out. So close. <laughs> I felt it. I felt it. <laughs> so we're not even going to worry about playing the other ones. I think we got two of the other three, but um, there we go. Hey, listen, don't swing for the fence. You can't hit it. Don't swing for the fence, you can't hit it. So that will show me the money. We'll play it again after uh, uh, later on this week. Um, just want to share a report I've just seen that's come out about viewing figures um, from that Black Ferns game. Um, over a million New Zealanders watched it live. Over a million. Uh, 900,000 watched on free-to-air on three. And 100,000 on Spark Sport. Uh, we're thrilled with the amount of support the Black Ferns in France semi-final match received and can confirm over a million New Zealanders tuned in to watch across Spark Sport and 3, a Spark Sport spokesperson said on Monday. Um, wow, the audience represents a huge increase on the 27, uh, sorry, 2017 Rugby World Cup and a big leap from the opening game of this year's tournament. Uh, the opening game New Zealand-Australia 
had 600,000, which was fantastic. That was free to air as well. Um, and what was the other part of this I wanted to read? 8,000 tickets were bought for next weekend's final stay straight after the final whistle of the second semi-final. Everybody just hedging their bets. Um, it's pretty much sold out now, but they are reviewing uh, the remaining space at Eden Park to allow as many fans as possible to attend. So they may even look at some uh, temporary seating. Um, I don't think they're going to have the big Rita Aura stage like they had for the for the opening one. Um Viewing figures from the semi-final against France, well over a million, uh, also likely to watch the final, which is again uh, repeated on uh, Spark Sport and 3 as well. And Mark Robinson, Chief Executive of New Zealand Rugby, said that the figures point to an increasing commercial possibility for the women's game. And he was on a recent trip to Japan and sat round the table with some of the figureheads from the world game. And he said there was quite, it's quite critical to the future of the game that a lot of our talk centred around the women's game. 85,000 tickets have been sold and people have attended games throughout the course of the tournament. It's a 280% increase on ticket sales already on 2017. And that's without the final and the third and fourth playoff. A massive amount of broadcast and commercial interest associated with that as well. So New Zealand Rugby are pleased that now the meetings they're having with World Rugby and other national unions on top of the visit to Japan shows how pivotal the women's rugby will be to the future of our game. And Mark Robinson says New Zealand Rugby are very excited about that, as am I, as am I. Uh, Jeff has said, hey, Staff, ponder this. The last time we won the Rugby League World Cup, we had an Australian coach involved in Wayne Bennett. Now we've got Madge Maguire. And the Aussie team was chock-a-full of all of their stars. And they buckled. I'm on the $4.10 for the Kiwis. Good on you, Jeff. Fantastic. Uh, someone texted in saying the Black Ferns, uh, the referee in charge of the Black Ferns game was average. If that tackle, the one on Ruby Tui, had happened in an All Blacks game, there would have been a card. I was surprised there wasn't a card. It was a penalty. They were saying, did the hips go above the parallel? And I think they didn't, but it was on the parallel. I think Ruby kicked her legs up as well, but gee, she landed heavy. Uh, I know what you're saying. And last one for now, when the All Blacks travel to the home nations, I'd be happy to hear the local commentators would give us fans the uniqueness of the atmosphere when the All Blacks tour there. We loved hearing Bill McLaren back in the day. We did. We still get the live effects. Um... So if people are calling games off the tube, and I did it for the netball here, but you actually get the real life effects from the ground or from the stadium, wherever you are, that is the real effects coming in that we hear. Um, I remember a few years ago, and for some reason the New Zealand commentary didn't come in for a Bledisloe Cup test, and so we got the Aussie commentators. It was horrific. <laughs> People say the New Zealand commentators are biased. Me, oh my. The Australians. Whew, I'll never forget that. Um, back in the days of um, uh, go you good thing, go. Chris Handy on the sideline. Chris Handy, Buddha on the sideline. Um, that was interesting, listen. Anyway, another interesting listen is going to come up after the break. Captain K, in the absence of Sammy Hewitt, someone's asked where Sammy Hewitt is. Um, he's just a little bit poorly today. So he had Friday off. 
and Saturday and Sunday. And he's got today off and he's got tomorrow off because we've got the Good Oil special New Zealand Cup show tomorrow, which is going to be brilliant. Uh, Louis Herman Watt and Mick Guerin will be hosting it out of Addington, live on the ground. And uh, we'll be providing you plenty of interviews and sights. And then in the, we're going to call it the lab, I think, um, think about uh, Mark Clayton. He is the tipster extraordinaire as part of uh, the Good Oil on Saturdays. Well, he's bringing his Good Oil into studio tomorrow, and I'll join him from 12 to 6. We'll, we'll get going. We'll, 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 find some, we'll find some value for you. We'll find some. Um, right, time for what's making news after an ad break. Captain K with all that news. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Ladies and gentlemen, I've I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? Step up, Captain K, and tell us what's happening around the world. Right, right. I hope Samuel is listening today because... Over the weekend, there, and I'm hoping this wasn't at uh, Sammy had a birthday party over the weekend for his lovely uh, son. So I hope that went Charlie's well, Sammy. Charlie's first birthday? It was, mm. and I hope that this didn't take place there. Because I think he had the day off t- this time last year as well. He did. <laughs> he did. He's pulling a fake sickness. Yeah, <laughs> out in the sun too much. He's got sunburn. Uh, right. I'll read you the headline, Steph. Go on. Firefighters free toddler who got her head stuck in a toilet seat. So I'm hoping this did not take place, all right, at Sammy's house. Yes. So uh, it was in Wallsend, North Tyneside, Mm -hmm. right, so over there. Um, A mother was trying to potty train her two-year-old daughter, Harper. She turned around for one second, only to hear Mammy, which I'm assuming it's it's a Welsh town. Mm -hmm. We'll move forward. Mammy, I'm stuck. She turned around to find the uh, toilet seat stuck over her head and the child was in a panic which uh, instantly turned the mother into panic. This is all in the space of 10 seconds. Mother turns around, turns back, child's stuck in a toilet seat. Just picture that in your head, Staff. <laughs> instantly uh, didn't know who to call, called the neighbours. The neighbours said, why don't you try and ring the firefighters? So that's what they did. Uh, so the and Weir Fire and Rescue Service, they dispatched a crew uh, and they arrived within minutes. Right, because of how flustered the mother was, and rightly so. They used small tools to remove the potty and amused Harper's si- s- I just couldn't read siblings there. <laughs> amused Harper's siblings with the blue lights on their fire truck. Right, So I'm just hoping that one did not take place at Sammy's birthday party over the weekend. Next one, Steph. Harry Potter, you a fan? No. You like uh, Dobby? You know the elf Dobby? No idea. Neither do I. I haven't seen Harry Potter neither, so that was a waste. This one happened in Wales. This is the Harry Potter story. Right, so uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 1, it was shot at Dobby's death scene, right? So the creators of Harry Potter, the movie, decided why not honour him uh, by settling him down. This Obviously, Dobby's not real. So they've got a site uh, for the expansive freshwater West Beach to do justice to the life of Dobby. In the movie, Lucius Malfoy, which I'm assuming is a bad guy, is tricked into giving Dobby a sock. Dobby wears that sock until he unfortunately passes away. So the fans of this uh, Harry Potter franchise have been leaving socks 
at Dobby's site on the beach, <laughs> which has obviously caused a massive pollution problem because it's now become a tourist hotspot. So now what they're doing is they are unfortunately having members of the uh, police force guard Dobby's site, this fictional character's site, to stop fans from coming and leaving their dirty socks dirty, at his site. Dirty, dirty socks. Out of a, a sign of respect. Yeah, that's one. So I've had firefighters today. I've had police. Now, these guys are meant to be police staff. Do you like Marvel? You like the Avengers? No. No. Oh, oh my God. I need to do more research on you, don't I? Don't, I don't do comics and I don't do science fiction. I know, but I thought you had to like the Avengers, some sort of superhero. No, no you don't like any superheroes. You're your own Steve superhero. Aust- Steve Austin. Steve Austin. <laughs> the greatest man. American hero. Oh, yeah. yeah he it. crashed out early, didn't he? Mm. We won't go there. Right, so uh, there was a, a raid over the weekend that uh, took place in Peru. Four members of the police had had suspected that uh, this guy was a, uh, a drug dealer and they knew his location, so they went to get him. Except he got a knock on the door, a very uh, aggressive knock on the door from the police. When he opened it, he saw Spider-Man, Thor, Captain America and Black Widow bashing down the door to get in. So the police had decided, why don't we do this? It's the Peruvian police, and and they've been named the Special Peruvian Police Force. Uh, They've decided, how good would this advertising be if we dressed up for Halloween? And so they came as Spider-Man, Thor, Captain America, and Black Widow. So that's how that man went away, being driven away in a car (laughs) by his favourite Marvel uh, characters. Lucky guy. Would you like a fact? You give me a fact... And I think I've got a fact to outfact you, but let's fact up. That's spicy. That's spicy, right? Because I'm going to have to pick one because I've picked three because you know I like doing quick fire ones. Quick fire one, number one. Baked beans aren't baked, they're stewed. Did you know that one? No, but it doesn't surprise me. No, it doesn't. It's like the shake slogan, isn't it? If they they were baked, they'd be crunchy. Mm. Carry on. There are more Lego minifigures in existence than actual people on the earth. Really? That's true. That's a fact. That's true. I bet you I've got a thousand. In mm. my house, from me and my brother collectively, mm. over the space of 30-something years. Tiny bristles inside a lobster's little pincers. You know, their little yep. pincers. Uh, that's their taste buds. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so taste lobsters actually fingers. taste. Yeah, so when they nip you, they're actually biting you. There's my fact. Do you want to one-up me? I'm going to um, one-up you. Chewing, gu- on. chewing gum. Love it. Big fan. The little pellets, not the strips, but the little yep. pellets like your classic PK. And, yep, that's what I like. And then the little plastic jars you get now with the flip top and these pellets. If I if I said to you, have you got any chewing gum? And you said yes, and I say, I want some chewing gum. How many bits do you give me? Well, well that's the thing. I'd give you one, probably, because it's mine. Right. So you take it off me, and I just give it to you. How many bits do you put into your hand? Two. Right. Did you know... The average number of pellets of chewing gum consumed in one, mm. like me offering or me yep. taking, yep. 92% of people take or give two. Yeah. 3% of people one, 2% of people three or more. 92% take two, which is virtually 100%. Two is obviously the recommended dosage or whatever it is. Oh, is it? Well, it's not the recommended dose, but it's what everyone does. Oh, okay. One's not enough. I've been doing it right. One's not enough because it's too small, and three's just seen as a bit greedy. 92% of people, two bits of chewing gum. Isn't that the worst, though, when you open something, and as soon as you hear it open, everyone goes, can I have some? Can I have, I have some? some? Especially with chewing gum. Yeah, so five people say, can I have some? There goes your packet. There, there's your packet. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, you outfacted me. 
And Roy says, in Peru, you are, sinant, uh, you are innocent until Peruvian, Peruvian guilty. <laughs> <laughs> the Harry Potter bit was the highlight of the day. <laughs> oh, we've got to get out of here because we're going to have a look back in the day before we hand over to the run home. Stick around. Some big people to change their minds, haven't I? You know what I'm saying. Uh, Clado's quite adamant, but I'm going to do some homework. Hey, Staffy from Phil. G'day, Phil. Just heard about your lineup for tomorrow. Can't wait for your tips. It'll be an awesome day. It will be an awesome, awesome day. Feel good to have you listening in tomorrow. Big cup day. Big cup day tomorrow. Louis Herman, Watt, Mick Guerin, down across church, myself and Mark Clayton in the studio, 12 till 6. Back in the day, November 7, 1987, there was a triple hat trick. Uh, for only the third time in English league history, three members of a team scored hat tricks in the same match. Same match, 10-1 they won. Uh, when City played Uddersfield Town. Paul Stewart, David White and Tony Adcock, three each. 1991, uh, Irvin Magic Johnson announced his retirement because he tested HIV positive. Um, absolutely one of the greats, singlet number 32, the Magic Man. In 2009, Mike Madano became the all-time American-born points leader in the National Hockey League. He scored a pair of goals uh, to pass the mark of 1288. He retired on 1,374 points. And although there are 25 players with more, he's still the number one American born. Birthdays today Rio Ferdinand turns 44 today. James Franklin, former cricketer, 42. Uh, David De Gea, uh, Spain and Manu goalie, 32. And Derek Watt, American football fullback, 30 today. The number one movie on this day in 1993 was The Night Before Christmas. And the number one song was. Won't do that, mate. Hell no. No, I won't do that. Thank you to Rubinho for filling in for the first hour. Huge shift for Captain K today. Get well, Sammy, and we'll be back with a special edition of The Good Oil, 12 till 6 tomorrow. See you then. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.